Welcome to the Vintage Horror Podcast, where we talk about all horror, not just the vintage kind. I'm your host, Kyle, and with me today, I have Rob. Hello. And Mark. Hello. What is going on? Today, we will be discussing the stuff from 1985. But first, we're going to crack a cold one open with the boys. What's up, Kyle? Not a whole lot, man. I'm just uh, out here training every day almost every day um working you know jobs understaffed is what it is and uh yeah it's pretty much it not a whole lot mm-hmm. i mean there's some stuff we'll discuss later i guess um in the very near later but i don't know like i know horror is my identity but i feel like i haven't uh <laughs> been participating in anything lately yeah for sure I guess we just learned that Olivia Hussey is going to be in a at Chiller Theater. I don't know even when Chiller Theater is October, but and that's pretty yeah. cool because we've been wanting her to go to Monster yeah, Mania pretty, for a while. But yeah, I'm pretty excited. I feel like that's a convention she would go to. Yeah, for sure. But I don't know why she wouldn't do like a Monster Mania because uh, I feel like they wouldn't want they don't want her. You know, probably. Um, I know, like Nev had to cancel her appearance for monster mania. That's kind of big. Cause I was going to spend some money on her, but yeah, I, I was just thinking to myself, like, I'm actually happy that she canceled because, um, I have like some stuff I want to do. And then I'm like, fuck, I was going to spend like probably over a hundred dollars just on her again. Yeah. So I'm like, that's a, not too bad. Yeah. I'm actually kind of happy about that. Um, but yeah, I guess, I don't know. That's really, yeah, I locked in like, uh, the stuff with Andrew's bachelor party. So that's kind of cool. Um, and that's coming up pretty soon. His wedding and bachelor party. And yeah. Besides that, not a whole lot. How about you, Mark? Yeah. So uh, pretty much in the same boat, got stuff coming up, but like since we last recorded, I got tattooed once um, by my guy, TJ Kyle was there. Um, it yeah. a fat boy. Well, AK fat bitch from pizza express hasn't had that. I haven't had that in probably like 13 or 14 years. Not a sponsor. <laughs> it was good. It was, I, I got it without mayonnaise and only ate a half. So if anyone knows what that is, it's literally just death. Yeah, it's yeah. hard. It's basically a heart attack on the way down. Yeah. Cheese steak, chicken fingers, French fries, like everything on a sub. It's pretty legendary. Yeah, yeah I ate so, the other half. Yeah. We split so, it. That's we, kind of romantic. We did, we did Lady in the Tramp. Yeah. Which one was the Tramp? Oh, okay. When that thing came out, Kyle just put it right in his mouth. I'm like, dude, that thing's going to burn you to death. <laughs> yeah, but I had like probably at least half of it like down, but then Mark's just before like, I, I even ate it. Yeah. Before I even bit a piece, it was already like gone. It was wild. Yeah. Like um, you start sweating while eating it. You're like, oh my God. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I did that. Um, set up my appointment. I'm going to start a whole back piece in uh, like two weeks. So that's in the future. Well, the time this comes out, I'll probably maybe start it by then. Um, I don't know when we'll get this out, 
got that. I'm going to see the Mets this weekend. Pretty excited about that. Oh, you are going? Yeah, we're going Saturday uh, night at 7 o'clock. It's supposed to be 100 degrees in New York. Not bad. So we're sitting right in the sun. We'll be, I'll be soaking wet. So that's pretty excited about that. Yeah, yeah, like Kyle said, Monster Mania is coming up, but that's not until the middle of August. So we got more of that. Uh, I know I talked to Kyle maybe about going to Camp Blood. To um, I, don't, I don't remember when that is again. I forgot. I so, honestly have no idea either. <laughs> like, I don't fucking know. I September? In, no. Yeah. No. Yeah. So yeah. So it's the first weekend in September. So they like show movies and stuff like that. And uh, Brady and and Justin from Brain Stew. Now. Epic film guys, Ep- yeah, they're yeah, brain stew, yes. But that's what's called brain stew, right? Well, they're still under the epic film guys banner, but they, oh, okay. they're a segment, they're like podcasts are called like their brain stew segments, okay? So, yeah, Instead so of, them, yeah. them from that are Mike, I'm assuming they go to that, so that'd be cool to see them if we end up doing going because it's only like $20 or $15 for the night, yeah, so it's relatively cheap, but yeah, just stuff coming up in the future, nothing really going on right now. I'm about to be on call again, so that just sucks my life away, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so. What about you, Rob? Anything going on? Uh, so we were a little delayed due to some emergencies on my end. Unfortunately, uh, one of my dogs got sick and hopefully seems to be doing better, but we'll have to see how that goes. Yeah, I hate um, when that happens. <laughs> what? Yeah. Um, you know, when they, what, when they get better? Just anything. Oh, I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> Any of it? Well, unfortunately... Uh, you know, he, he's a bit older, um, but uh, as some of our listeners might remember, you know, like my dad passed a couple of years ago and like he was our family, like he's our family dog and was my dad's dog. So like the second he got sick, it just threw me through like quite a bit of a spiral, um, but I'm glad he's doing better. But, you know, time gets the best of all of us eventually. So I just hope that he stays happy and healthy for as long as possible. But other than that, uh, I've been trying to enjoy the summer a little bit, get outside a little bit more, even though it's like 100 degrees outside and I want to die every time the sun looks at me. Mm. Um, kind of been keeping up on some nerdy stuff. Uh, we've got Amazon dropping trailers for Rings of Power for the new Lord of the Rings series, which is right up my alley. Uh, new Game of Thrones trailer just dropped for the new prequel for that series. Uh, looks you know, they've all got their plus and minuses, but it just seems like there's a kind of a lull since Kenobi of like a lot of heavy, like since Stranger Things in Kenobi, like there's kind of a lull right now uh, of content, but I could see it already spooling up for like the fall season with all a bunch of stuff coming down the pike. What are you talking uh, about, man? Resident Evil just came out, the series. Did you start watching it? No, nah, I haven't watched it yet. No, I haven't watched it yet. Uh, I've heard mixed things. Yeah, I saw like um, a, a meme of like all the original movies and like Thanos being like, perhaps I was too hard on you. <laughs> so I, I assume it ain't good. Uh, and, well, and then when I saw uh, an article that was like, if you like Albert Wesker, this is for you. I'm like, I'm already. I feel like everybody has a very profound misunderstanding of Albert Wesker's character if the cinema is all they know him from. So I don't know. We'll. we'll We'll have to see on that one. I, I'm almost caught up on The Boys. I am halfway through season three. I so far haven't seen all season three, obviously, but I think season three is the best season so far. That's what um, I thought, too. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. And uh, just, you know, since we're in the realm of entertainment, uh, I've been following kind of the business aspect. Uh, Netflix shed another million subscribers 
Mm-hmm. Did they really? That. Yeah. yeah. Uh, After Stranger Things uh, Volume Two came out, they lost a million subscribers the next day. Yeah, it makes sense, honestly. <laughs> um, I know so, people personally who said they were going to watch it and then cancel. So, so this has been a trend. So Netflix, since it went on the public market, has always seen a small percentage growth. Uh, they've never seen a, a detraction, but obviously, with the advent of so many streaming services, we're seeing competition in the market. And in the last, you know, they kind of hit their peak in COVID, right? Because everybody was home watching something. Tiger King. What we've seen now is uh, back-to-back quarters of subscriber shedding. You know, obviously, the situation in Europe uh, lost subscribers because network connection in Ukraine and Netflix chose to no longer provide services in Russia which means they've lost that whole subscriber base. So that obviously has affected business. Um, but, you know, I think reaching in too many directions is going to really detract from the real problem is what does Netflix really got right now? Stranger Things and Cobra Kai. You know, that's and what I'm saying. Squid Game. Uh, yeah. if, if they can roll that out again in the near future. But I mean, you've got they Amazon. Already, they already and, said that season two is coming out. Good, because like Amazon is starting to kind of pick up steam more and more with their series uh disney plus obviously has got the marvel series and the star wars series uh but what i'm also seeing now is apple tv is growing and growing and growing um that blows my mind because like besides ted lasso i don't know a single show on there well i, I believe apple tv i'm not sure there's something big Roll coming mankind. apple tv i cannot remember show. there's something big coming there's a big ip coming to apple tv well, I'm sure it will come back to me. I was just reading an article recently that's, that was talking about a big franchise coming that way. Um, but they just seem to be they just seem to be growing. And Apple's already got a pretty solid business model. So if they can just transition that and keep good content coming to their streaming platform. I mean, Netflix is, is no longer the only fish in the sea. With all these trailers coming out, you'd be remiss if you missed something, right? Like you would, it wouldn't be surprising if you missed something. And until I got a text message from you guys, I didn't realize that the Halloween ends trailer dropped in the middle of everything. Uh, so I feel like this would be a good time to maybe segue into that topic. Uh, so I assume as we've discussed, like we've all seen Halloween ends trailer. Yep. Yeah. So I would love to hear Either of your thoughts, I don't know which one of you guys wants to give some of your first thoughts on it. Um, to me, let's see. Halloween ends. Um, I don't the only thing I will say the only thing I like about the trailer is I feel like they're not giving you a lot. Um I feel like what you see, and I haven't seen this anywhere, so I don't know if other people are saying it. I feel like it's a dream. I feel like that what you see in that trailer isn't real. Like the way oh, okay. he opens the door and she has the gun just pointing at him and she's like, die motherfucker, or whatever the fuck she says. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like it's so surreal. Either that or they're just, they really don't care anymore. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, and to me, he's an, I know he's old as fuck, but like, she's also like a re- really old lady and he's supposed to be like evil incarnate. And why he just isn't beating her ass, I don't understand. Um, yeah, that's all I really have to say. It, it looks like the same shit that they're, that was in Halloween Kills is just transferring right over. So. I don't have high hopes. Mm-hmm. I just hope I'm wrong. <clears throat> yeah. Like when Kyle texted me last night and just wrote Halloween, I kind of knew what he meant. So I just said, what anyway? <laughs> and so then I'd like watch the trailer. But um, honestly, I think it looks good. 
Um, but the problem is, I go back to Halloween Kills, where the trailer, when it first came out, was like whatever. It wasn't bad. I didn't actually watch the trailer, so um, I had high hopes for Halloween Kills. Not watching the trailer, and I said like, "Oh, I'm gonna watch the trailer for this." Um, but I'm sure the trailer for Halloween. I still haven't watched the trailer for Halloween Kills, so I don't know how the cut looks uh, <laughs> from last year. So I'm sure it was good. But um, I mean, like, it looks good. I can see, like, I looked on Twitter and see what people say. Um, most people are like, seem super excited for it. But I feel like a lot of people <clears throat> nowadays, like, this is their Michael Myers, you know, from Rob Zombie on. Yeah. Like, they're not, they're not, like, Halloween 1978 isn't their Michael Myers. Like, to us, that's, that's Michael Myers, you know, that's Halloween. So, like, they're seeing the same thing over again. So, they're, they're super hyped, you know, it's like, within the last five years, they've gotten um, three Halloween movies, which we haven't had been that lucky since we've been, you know, um, alive yeah. to get one ones we liked, but I, don't, I think it looks okay. Like I, like Kyle said, I don't have high hopes for it. Um, I, I see they already put like Jamie or uh, Lori in her 1978 outfit in the one scene, basically like, so that's why I'm, when you said it might be a dream, maybe it is a dream. Yeah, and she's just like reliving it like that. I really hope that's not like like what you said. That's kind of corny when he's like, wait, she's waiting for him at the door. Like, yeah, I, I really hope that's like um, some dream sequence because this takes place like later on. Because if you remember in Halloween Kills, she's in the hospital about to die. Yeah. You know? um, is it is this the one where she went out on record and said, like, people are going to be mad about stuff that happens? I don't is this know. The one? I don't know. I think it is. I think she's, I feel like it was like when production wrapped or something like that, somebody asked her like a question and she said like, yeah, people are going to be mad at some of the stuff in this. And it's like, why would you go out and say that? Like, yeah, now? Are you, like, are you already trying to piss me off because it, I mean, I was already pissed off, but now I'm really <laughs> pissed off. So, um, and I try to get your anger watch and I never really thought about it the way you just put it. Um, Mark, that was pretty good. The whole, like, this is people's Michael, like newer people's yeah. Michael's Myers. I never thought about it like that at all. And like, I guess that would make sense as to why people like it and why people. Yeah, Cause I remember when um, the first Halloween came out and I'm n- not to name anyone's name or something. There was someone you follow on Instagram and they had like a mental breakdown that of Halloween, that it wasn't like Rob zombies. Basically. I don't know if you remember who I'm talking about. Yeah. Like, so that's like that person's Michael Myers is Halloween. Like if you ask Steve about our friend, Steve about Halloween, he's like, he fucks with like the Rob zombie shit. Like, I don't oh. think, he doesn't like the old shit, you know. Steve's also dumb, so yeah. So there's there's people like that that this is their Michael Myers. So it's like they have no connection to Halloween one, Halloween two, you know, H two O, any of that stuff. So that's why I when I looked on Twitter and like I would say 90, 90 to ninety five percent of the stuff I I saw people were hyped. Obviously, people get hyped for new movies. It's new stuff, you know. But. It, you, it, the trailer the trailer did what it had to do to get people hyped you know it's michael myers there's obviously more blood and guts i would say than when we were used to watching the original like halloween stuff yeah and that's what people want to see now is him be brutal you know and smash people which i don't mind i don't mind the yeah. brutal um but i also prefer michael to stalk yeah which yeah. i think 2018 did an all right job at mm-hmm. absolutely um i think 2018 like looking back, it wasn't as great as I like had hoped it would be, mm-hmm. but it, um, it definitely had potential for revitalizing things. And then, mm-hmm. you know, 
Sartain in the mask and shit just went downhill. <laughs> yeah. That was the that was the hard left turn. Yeah. Yeah. It really that really upset me. Yeah. But um I don't I, know. That, about, that, that was an audible grunt from you in the theater. Yeah, all of us. Like, I, like, I think I literally I, said out loud, like, what the fuck are they doing? Like, I'm pretty sure, and I could hear I was I'm pretty sure I was sitting next to Mark. I don't remember. Uh, I could, but I could like hear your discomfort. Yeah. Like I could just tell you weren't you weren't in the mood for it. Yeah, th- I don't know because I've loved Halloween and Michael Myers since I've been a kid. You know, not just the the whole like, um, how do you say it? Um, like I can't even like his whole being basically like the whole monster like he's like the villain or whatever. Like I've always been about Michael Myers like since I've been a kid. Like I've always loved Michael Myers. I love the mask. I love everything he did. And so like just watching that happen in the 2018 one where that guy put the mask on, I'm like. This, no, don't do this to me. You know, yeah. Like I can't believe those don't hurt people me like that. Yeah, those people that made that movie that are quote unquote like Halloween fans and like how could they think that was okay? You know, yeah. that's what still bugs me to this day. I thought it was bad enough when the fucking young Michael put it on in fucking uh Rob Zombies. Rob Zombies. Yeah, oh, and I was like, like way big on his head. Yeah, yeah I'm like this is goofy, but he's about to fall over. <laughs> uh, what What about you, Rob? How do you feel about it? So I'm sharing a lot of similar thoughts particularly with the whole not showing us too much. Uh, I was very, very happy with that because my biggest thing recently has been when I watch a trailer, I'm like, great. Saw the movie synopsis done. Thank you. Like that drives me nuts. Or when they show you a big sequence and then you see it in theaters and the joy of the sequence is taken away because you're like, wow, I've seen that whole thing before. That would have been awesome to go in blind. Uh, So I have, I have some issues with it. Number one being the Laurie Strode thing. And I'll, and I'll kind of explain why. When Halloween 2018 came out, it was marketed as eliminating the timeline, a direct sequel to Halloween 1. And it went out of its way early on to clearly establish that that whole sibling thing, that whole obsession thing, it's, it, it doesn't matter. In fact, it's really Laurie Strode that's obsessed with Michael, that she's the one who can't let him go. Michael's just a, a force of pure evil, and it's just a killing machine. He mm-hmm. doesn't really care about individuals. It's just whatever happens to be in his path. And so I felt like that was one thing that that Halloween Kills did right. They kind of continued that thought pattern. Like Lori, you know, everybody thought Lori was going to heal up and then like, you know, maybe get back in the fray, but Lori was pretty much sidelined for that film. And it became clear that Michael Myers, whether Laurie Strode's in the picture or not, is going to be Michael Myers. And in Halloween Kills, on a different level. So I love that's probably my favorite part of Halloween Kills is just Michael Myers being Michael Myers. That's the only good part. Everything else about that film I don't like. But that Michael Myers being Michael Myers is awesome. So then I'm looking at Halloween Ends and I'm like, the end of the saga of Laurie Strode. And I'm like, so are we making a hard U-turn? Like, I part of me thinks that maybe it's a misdirect, like they're going to pull a resurrection on us and kill her in the beginning and kill her in the beginning, like marketed as the beginning of Laurie's story. They'll be like, oh, plot twist. She gets murdered in the beginning. And then it's her granddaughter that's like trying to seek revenge. Like, I wouldn't be surprised that they pulled that. And um, unfortunately, I read an article earlier that I think contains spoilers, so I won't read anything. Yeah, please don't read anything to me. I'll have a mental Listen, breakdown. Y'all motherfuckers be reading too much. <laughs> Who's but y'all? I was reading an interview I can't with read. Uh, David Gordon Green, and this portion here has absolutely zero spoilers. I'm 100% sure of it. So um, 
when he was asked if it would be different from Halloween Kills, Green kind of went on to say, this is kind of a coming-of-age film. It's a very different tone, um, and I'm excited to have three chapters that I've been involved in and each and be very different from each other. They're all there to honor Carpenter, but they're not there to necessarily just emulate him. So he went on to say that he actually sent a draft of the script to Carpenter and asked him, and I'm not spoiling anything here. I'm not saying any details. Do not worry, especially for all my listeners. I do not want Mark to commit homicide. Um, He said that he sent it to Carpenter and he asked if it was similar to a blank adaptation, not saying anything else. Uh, So, Based did, on that spoiler, did John Carpenter say, "Yeah, I don't fucking care what you do. Leave me the fuck alone. Just pay just me. Just pay me. Yeah, right. Like, Send the check to here. Yeah. So the article kind of ends. So I guess John Carpenter never got back to him on that one. Well, uh, he but, probably looked at it and saw no check, so he threw the fucking letter out. Yeah, but he's, I, I think he's very infamous for that. Yeah. <laughs> but when I saw uh, the movie they were comparing it to, that he was asking Carpenter about, uh, I it did did elevate some levels of concern for me. So the most positive thing that that trailer does for me is it's got the tone. I like the way that they've been filming, especially Halloween 2018, the color grading, the atmosphere. Uh, I just like it very, very much. The stalker view. I love that. Um, What I will say about Halloween 2018 that I didn't say before and I really didn't realize it until now, but Halloween 2018 is kind of a synthesis. And I'm glad that, that, that Mark kind of brought up that like younger people, their Michael Myers is, for some of them, is Rob Zombie's Michael Myers. For some of them, this is 2018 is their Michael Myers. But what I realized that 2018 does really, really, really well that kills just seem to have lost is it takes some of the best parts of Michael Myers from the Carpenter era and from the 80s thorn era and some of the best of michael myers from the zombie movies and brings both elements in it has that stalking and stealth of like halloween one and two and some of the similar filmmaking styles to john carpenter but it has rob zombie's brutality his like unabashed aggression you know going from zero to 100 in a murder real quick and I think that's why I like 2018 so much. I hope it's good. I'm excited. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, it's Michael Myers. I'm excited for anything Michael Myers. You, you're going to put him on the screen. Let's go. Let's do it. But do I have faith in them to execute a well-written and put-together ending without either one absolutely being too safe or two absolutely dropping the ball i think that's my big concern right now so we'll i think they see. could do both at the same time honestly god forbid right like they could that's what i'm that's what i'm, that's what I'm kind of kind of getting at like if they play it too safe are we just going to go back to leaning on laurie strode is the center of everything no because i mean i think they're really going to be done with her um but they've already said like a million times like yeah we're going to keep making them like as soon as like if, as soon as they're ready to let us we're going to make more like that's the plan well, which is why I'm wondering, like, when she says, like, you'll be angry when you see this. Like, I'm wondering if she's like, ha ha ha, all the promotion is going to be Laurie Strode versus Michael. And then they're going to off me in the first 10 minutes. But that, I don't know, that whole, like, it's been done before. So I don't, I wouldn't even be mad. I just be like, good, good, move on. And then yeah. at that point, you have, you have a blank slate. Do it right. 
So that's how I feel about it. Still looking forward to it. Just cautiously optimistic. The only thing that would make me upset if uh, Michael dies. That's the only thing I will never want to happen ever. Oh, and I, I'm so sorry. I forgot one other thing that got, grinds my gears. Uh, please don't sue me, family guy. Um, in Halloween co- Kills, when they take his mask off. Mm-hmm, and they like, mm-hmm. lure him out. And they start beating him. Yeah. Like, I don't like that. I mean, when that I thought about That is the it, worst I, fucking sequence ever. When, when he starts killing him, I don't mind that sequence. No, no, that's oh. good. That's good. But when that's, they're that like one it. at a time hitting him, and then he gets up and they're like, what? He can get <laughs> up? Yeah. yeah, and then he goes Super Saiyan. Yeah, like. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know what? Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. Uh, I'm so sorry, Kyle. I mean, to cut you off. Just so you know. When I was in the theater, I started I started laughing to myself because you know that scene in Scary Movie when Ghostface starts rapping and he's like slicing and dicing mm-hmm. and, he, and he kills all the guys in the room. That's how that that's literally what that scene reminded me of because they kept zooming in on Michael's face and you just hear the si- sound of a knife swishing and things and like people are just dying all around him and they zoom out and they're all dead. I'm like, dude, they just lift this from Scary Movie. This yeah, it wasn't, wasn't great has, filmmaking. Has anyone watched Howlin Kills at Home yet or no? No. Nope. I don't know if I, I ever like, plan on watching it. So well, I was going to say, I feel like maybe in um, September we just do Halloween uh, 2018 Halloween Kills before this comes out. That's fine. Probably. Because I honestly was thinking about this day. Like, I saw Halloween Kills once in theater and then I watched it once on my computer, like halfway through when it came out on Paramount Plus, I think, or one of them. Um, and I said, I don't think I ever watched it since last October. So I'm like, Maybe we should do it in uh, uh, you know September, the end of August, you know, to get ready for this one. I think that's yeah. a fantastic idea. So, so the, folks, the only problem with me thinking like, yeah, this is people's new Michael Myers is like, in order to get to this Michael Myers, you still have to watch the first one, you know. <laughs> so it's like, but you know, there's a lot of people that wouldn't watch the first one or would watch bits and pieces. Yeah, for sure. Because you got to think Halloween '78 and Halloween. 2018 are like two different speeds 110 percent, yeah you know like so i don't i think a lot of generations yeah different generations like we're only in our 30s but there's definitely some people that are younger than us that or even our age that probably haven't seen halloween or halloween 78 and and liked it enough to watch it more than once or even sit through it. it it does get a little slow at times but for me like 1978 i've watched it so much i've grown with i've like watched michael myers grow since i was a kid you know basically or throughout all these movies that like i've come to love michael myers and halloween that it like doesn't bother me yeah that's like when i went to go see it with sam um at the like theater in asbury before it closed mm-hmm. and it was like at midnight or whatever and then the fucking guy next to me i guess was like drunk as fuck and she's like this is so boring and i was like yeah, i will fucking beat your ass shut the fuck up like this is a fucking sacred movie bro like shut yeah. up yeah um well, yeah, the trailer's out. Go if you haven't seen it by the time you listen to this, go watch it. Yeah, you can write to us, tell us how you feel about it. I'm sure, sure. Going, uh, if anyone sees Nope with, in the next couple of weeks, I'm sure it's right behind. It's on that. It's compacted with that. Oh, 100. Yeah, it's made by the same company, so I'm assuming. Yeah. So, or I think it's made by the same company, right? Ah, uh, I don't. But know. But one thing we didn't talk about, which I think you're about to transition to, is the end of Stranger Things season four. Yes. So last time. We, we had the first seven episodes we talked about. Now we had the final two episodes. I think we'll briefly talk about that real quick, too, also. Yeah. Um, you know, Stranger Things doing Stranger Things things. They just are safe. They bring in a character just to kill them off. 
it's fucking annoying. Um, especially when it's a good, good character. Like I know Wait, everyone like you, you finished, right? Uh, no, I was just kidding. Yes, I did. I'm good. Like we, every, like everyone liked Alexi, and that, that was sad to see him die. And like uh, I forget who Sean Aston played. Uh, Bob. 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 Yeah, yep. and he was like cool, and he died in season two, but like. In season four, like Eddie is one of the best characters they've introduced in a long, long time. Mm-hmm. And I I hate that they killed him off. I mean, I've heard some speculation that maybe he'll be back. We'll see. It's um, the first time I ever would like have my heart broken for a character death. Yeah. I was but, like, that's that that just hurt me. All I'll say is I'm just glad it wasn't Steve. <laughs> yeah, protect Steve at all costs. Listen, yeah. I will they the way they were framing it, there were times where I was like, anyone can go here. I was like, this is this is line, but I'm but back in my head I was like, but Stranger Things is definitely safer things. Like they're going to they're gonna go for the beta character. Well, they're not when, taking out my guy Steve. When Steve first got pulled into the wall and started getting choked, I said, "Fuck, they better not do this." And then they started pulling everyone, like um, Robin and Nancy. I was like, "They're not killing everybody. There's no way." Okay, so this is bullshit. I I, I can relax. But also, like when Max like died for a second, I was like. Oh, I'm glad they're actually killing somebody off. I love Max. I love Sadie Sink. I think she's probably the best actor actress in that whole show. Um, but then they brought her back to life, and I'm like, why? Why? And why yeah, is she what, not what asking? Like, you're you're not going. I was like, hold. Okay, did they just film this scene after they did? And they're like, you know what? Now nah, we need to go back. We we messed up. This is gonna make people angry. They've been watching Star Wars, fucking Rise of Skywalker, too much. Haven't um, seen that one yet. I'll put it on my list. But uh. <laughs> I don't know. And the fact that like, it was kind of funny to me, I forget who brought it up. Um, somebody was like, yeah, why the fuck wasn't she like asking like, what the fuck is wrong with my arms and legs? Like, she's just worried. She's like, I can't see. I can't see. Like, dude, your fucking arms and legs are mangled. Yeah. <laughs> you don't feel pain from that. Like I get, you can't see, but like, you, you yeah. look like an elf on a shelf crumpled up on the ground. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, I, don't, I, I enjoyed it. I see how when Jonathan comes back around, he gets pushed to the side. Um, I, Steve gets pushed to the side. That's what I meant. Steve gets pushed aside. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah, that and- scene where, where he hugged Nancy and then Steve like turned around and Robin was like, "It's okay, man." I'm like, "No, it's not okay, Robin. Yeah. It's not okay." And like, even at the end when everybody's like looking out at like the upside down coming through into the, like their world and like everyone's looking brooding and like they're ready to fight, like they just don't show Steve. He's like in the window of that fucking place, but like. Dustin walks out of the fucking place to go the shelter mm-hmm. to go look up at it. Like, why couldn't Steve and Robin be there? Like, I don't understand. I mm-hmm. love Steve and I, I will fucking murder for him. Um, not Steve, our friend, Steve Harrington from Stranger Things. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's all I really got to say about Stranger Things. <laughs> yeah. I think when it, right when it ended, I was talking to Kyle about it and he said, like, basically they're pussies, like they're scared to kill anyone, which makes sense. They don't want to upset any fan base. You know, you got to think, like, if they kill off the wrong character, like, what what's the re? Percussions, you know. Well, they also, but the thing is, if they killed someone off, then in season five, you're like, "Fuck, nobody's safe," you know. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's, not- there's weight to the show. Yeah, there's, there's no like Halloween again. We're gonna go. I mean, not Halloween. I'm sorry, Scream, Scream Five. Our movies have stake stakes. Yeah, and it that, says but- like nothing. Like, if season five is the last Stranger Things, air quotes. I know they're doing spinoffs. They're already talking about and stuff like that. I. I don't think anyone will die. Yeah. They had the perfect opportunity to kill Max, which I didn't want her to die. Like Kyle said, but if someone's going to die, whatever, you know, like not Steve, but <laughs> not, yeah. not Steve. That's it. But yeah, like, they the, had the I'm perfect on... opportunity to do that. And like, I don't know. 
I don't know why they didn't do that. I did enjoy the last two episodes. Um, it just it just blows my mind that like season two was so bad and boring, and then like season three and season four were like so good. Yeah, I don't I don't know how they did that. And then I saw another thing that said like that the one girl from season two I don't remember what number I think she's number eight or nine I don't remember that she's supposed to be in those scenes like when they're kids and stuff like that and they don't even have her in there because technically she would be there when they're like when everyone's dying. When she's like with Nina, like whatever it's called, oh, like yeah, the, in the in the Nina dream thing, like where she's reliving the dreams, like and she's like, yeah, she's not anywhere in there. So yeah, like that they bullied will... her to get they bullied Stranger Things to not put her back in there because everyone didn't like her. Is that what it was? That's what a lot of people said. I don't know, but I I I also like I I think I talked to you about this already, Mark. Like when Mike and Eleven and them like they join up with the rest of the crew in Hawkins. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I forgot Mike was supposed to be like the leader here. And yeah. I always forget that because I don't care about him at all. I wish yeah. he would just fucking die. Him or eleven. Just get him out. I don't care. Not, not eleven. She's cool. All right, the Mike. He's got to go. Him and Jonathan gotta go. Jonathan and Nancy, I'm okay. They can go. I don't Yeah, care. honestly I don't like Nancy or Jonathan like at all. Argyle, yeah. he 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 he's almost at Steve's level. I don't want him to die, but yeah. like it's funny because I was talking to my friend about this, and I was like, I don't really find like stoner comedy funny at all. But like they did him right, and he's like the right actor for that. Yeah, that guy's yeah. really funny. Argyle, yeah. Argyle never gets annoying to me. Like every time he's on screen, I'm like, you're just magical, man. Thank you. Yeah. But I think he also doesn't get too much screen time, and I think that's a plus. Yeah, he's like seasoning, right? If you do too little, it's not good. You do too much, it's overbearing. He's just right. Mm-hmm. Have you guys seen the TikTok? I think I, I know I sent them the mark, but there's like TikToks of like the um the actors being uh it's like a filter that shows like what character you oh, be. Yeah, yeah. And like uh the girl who plays Chrissy, um, I forget her name, Grace something. Yeah, she yeah. she got herself and she's like, Oh, but then they had uh Murray. Murray, and he got like fucking Will or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was good. But so w- when it ends, basically. They're all looking at like the mind flare. Spoiler. So we'll we'll Kyle will probably have to go back and say, like, if you haven't watched Stranger Things yet, you know, if you haven't watched so it I, yet, bro, you deserve it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so at the end, they're looking at like the mind flare. And so I don't know if it's gonna take them two or three years to film the next season. I don't know what they're gonna do because they're gonna look so old. Not so old, but obviously they're teenagers, so they're gonna look a lot older. You know, like, I'm sure Steve, Nancy, and Jonathan are kind of going to look the same in two years, three years. But all the kids are that are supposed to be in like ninth grade or whatever, they're going to look very old. So I have a feeling they're going to go to the future, like four years later or five years later, and just say like, or they have like a, 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 in the first episode of the new season or something, they'll have like, that would be, they battled that thing or something happened and it went away. And then five years later, it comes back or something. Because there's no way... Like they could be age appropriate, basically. Well, I thought they had said that season five was going to take place during the nineties, and I never like I was like, okay, I like if they wrap things up, but they didn't wrap things up. They just yeah. like open up a new can of worms and said like, yeah, all right, see you later. So yeah. I don't understand. I have no idea how they do that. Same Z's. Unless it comes out within the next year, which I think is highly impossible. Like they're going to look a lot different if they go right into that. You know, I mean, Will yeah. Will already looks forty. Yeah, I know he looks so forty old. with a bowl cut. and he's the youngest. I know Dude, he's like the youngest out of all. Of them. Oh, I know because I think Besides I saw Lucas's sister. Like, um, 
Uh, who plays Max? That's Sadie. Sadie Singh. She's 19, I think. No, she's 20-something. Oh. No, she's not. Same, oh, no, she no, just turned 18 like last year. Because I think someone in an interview, too, with Glayton, the guy plays Dustin, he's like, yeah, I'm 20. And Steve's like, wait, what? You're <laughs> yeah. 20? Yeah. Um, I saw something that's like how old they are in real life compared to how old they are supposed yeah. to be in the show. And Will... Um, Noah Schnapp or whatever. He, mm. he, he's the youngest. He's 17. And he's gonna about to go to college in Philly. That's where he would go to college at all, honestly. I don't know. He wants to go to college. I don't know. Like that's cool. Education's awesome and everything like that, but yeah. Unless and he doesn't he's not getting other movies. I don't know if he's has he been in any of the movies or anything? I don't I don't think so, but I don't know. He's done Broadway, I think, before, but mm. that might have been one of the But I'm saying you've seen like eleven and stuff. She did Godzilla. Yeah. Mike was in it, right? It, and he, I thought, was in something else. I oh, Ghostbusters, Afterlife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like, I don't know. Maybe but, he's not getting other stuff. Yeah. Anything else you want to add, Rob, before we... Uh, before my internet disconnects again? Yeah. <laughs> we confirm she's 20, right? It's just Stranger Things coming through, bro. I don't know. I didn't look. I'm pretty sure she's 19. If Who are we talking about? Sadie Sink. Sadie Sink. I don't think it matters regardless, but she's definitely older than what she's playing. Yeah. Like I said, Noah is, is for sure the youngest out of all of them who plays Will, and he's 17. Yeah, it's just wild to me. Yeah, she turned 20 in April, Sadie Sink. Oh. Like, I, I don't know. I just, I love so much about this season, but um, they need to, my biggest thing is they need to break with it for next season. They need to break with the safe. They need to break with the standard. They need to go all out. Bodies got to hit the floor. They, they, and and they just have to, they have to take risks. Yeah, like I never watched Game of Thrones, but I know that was one thing that people always loved about it is that nobody was safe. Like characters mm-hmm. just fucking got off all the time. Main and, characters and unceremoniously. Yeah, and I kind of wish another show had the balls to do that. Yeah, and I mean. If you read the books, obviously things were like spoiled for you, but I actually didn't read the books first. I watched the show first, and I will tell you, it made you grip the edge of your seat every single episode. When a character walked in a room and people were armed, your just assumption was they might not walk out today. Like they could be having lunch. And next thing you know, somebody gets stabbed in the throat, and you're said, Oh, well, glad I invested three seasons in them. Yeah. So, but yeah, I agree with you. All right. Well, if there's nothing else to say. So, well, the only thing is I say is I wonder like Game of Thrones or Walking Dead um, if they're going to build like a whole universe, basically. Like, as I know, they already said they're going to do one spinoff show of Stranger Things, but I wonder if Netflix is like all in to make like a whole basically a whole Stranger Things universe of all. Well, different allegedly, the Duffer brothers are making their own production company. Mm-hmm. They are. So and they have a they have a, a franchise very near and dear to my heart that they've pipelined to make. They're going, they're going to be doing uh, a Netflix series of Death Note. Yeah, I heard that. So, I like, that. it's an anime. Oh, it's, manga. It, it's uh, very good. That was the anime on uh, Snapchat. That's about it. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, they. I wouldn't be surprised if that's going to be the bread and butter trying to make shit that is actually good, like, offshoots of it. It's going to be very hard, honestly, if it's not going to be any of the main cast. Yeah. You know, are they gonna have a show with Lucas's sister? You know, are they can do stuff like that. I wondered how they would even do any of that. Is somebody else out there fighting the fucking mind flayer in the upside down? Like, I don't understand. I how feel that like works. you would think in other countries, maybe it's not. Why is it always gonna be just America? Well, that's where the one portal is. I mean, the other one's in Russia, but like, yeah, I don't think we're allowed to go over there right now. 
No, I don't think anybody is. So maybe back um, then they were allowed to. They could just but on the topic the last of on the topic of Stranger Things season four, we're going to transition into our top three this week. Our top three songs that would save you from Vecna. So in another sense, just you know, top three favorite songs. Yeah, something you would sing that you sing your little heart out. Yeah. So that um, Vecnar. Yeah, and I'm pretty curious, so I want Rob to go first with his number three. That's brutal. Um, so Olivia Rodrigo. This was <laughs> no. That this was really difficult for me because I, I just find it impossible to pick, like my favorite songs. I never am able to do it. I'm horrible at it. So I just kind of picked songs that I thought triggered certain memories, like how Max tied a lot of her feelings towards running up that hill, right, with Billy and everything, and the messaging. So obviously Mark knows who my favorite band is. He even said at the beginning of the, uh, of the podcast, uh, I'm a huge Nightwish fan. I always have been. I've, it's the only band I've ever gone to their, to like a show alone, like by myself and just rocked out for three hours, did not care. Uh, so they have a song called dark chest of wonders. And honestly, if you ask me to pick my favorite Nightwish song, it would be nearly impossible for me because I love so many of them, but this particular song, it is a song by them that never fails to get me amped. And it is a mainstay that's been a part of a lot of their shows for the better part of the last 10, 15 years almost. So I, I hear it and it instantly just gets me amped. And I'm thinking to myself, if I was in Vecna's clutches, I would need to hear something that would immediately trigger me, like instantly be like, okay, that's my song. Like that's my music. I know what that is. I can hold to it. And if, if I was about to get, you know, folded like a t-shirt from Old Navy, uh, I would definitely want someone to throw this song on my headphones to save my butt. So that's my number three pick. Uh, I'm going to bounce it back to Kyle. My number three. I don't expect anybody to ever know this song off the top of their head, but it's a song called Sleeping Princess in Devil's Castle by the band Emure. Oh, good song. Um, it's off Goodbye to the Gallows, their like breakout album. Um, I used to love that album when I was in high school. Uh, I was nerd cock for it for sure. Um, and yeah, just that song, just like it's got, I don't want to say emotional lyrics, but like it's like heartfelt, angry lyrics. And it's just got like, I don't know, it hits heavy and I love it. That's all. I only know two songs by them. Yeah. All right, Mark, what's your number uh, three, man? So my number three is from 1993, Typo Negative, Summer Breeze. That cannot be real. 100%. I love that fucking song. (laughs) I literally listen to that almost every day. (laughs) Really? Like when I go on walks and stuff like that, I have that on like my playlist to play that. I love that song so much. I don't, I will be 100% honest. I don't really like other songs or many songs. I like maybe three songs by Typo Negative, so I'm not the biggest Typo Negative fan. Um, I know I've always liked that song. Like from hearing it when it w- I was a kid, listening, and um, I know what we did last summer. Um, I don't like the original version from um, Steels and Croft, or is that a band? Right? I don't know who the fuck it's by. Steels and Croft, or something like that, or you don't like the original one? I don't like the original. I hear it at Shoprite all the time. I don't. I do not. I'm not a fan of it. But I, I absolutely love that song, and I listen to it literally every day. Or I would say six times out of seven times out of the week, I listen to it on my walks and stuff like that. And 
Like I always I, knew, like you, you talk about the song, but I didn't know you actually like enjoyed it. So I do enjoy it. Yes. But the thing was, I obviously love Taylor Swift. Yeah. Um, I couldn't just pick three songs of hers. So, yeah, you know, so I said, let me think out of the box. And I said, well, I listen to this every day. I yeah. hum it to myself at work, you know, and um, <laughs> I don't know if that makes me a poser or not for making it one of my favorite songs, but not liking the band too much per se, you know? No. I got a couple on here like that. <laughs> so Rob, number two. So my number two is a song called into the West uh, by Annie Lennox and Howard Shore. It appeared in the Lord of the Rings films uh, at the end of return of the King. The lyrics of that song in particular have played a huge role in my life. Um, if you've never watched Lord of the Rings, I'm going to have to slightly spoil something, but I know you guys pretty much don't mind. But if anybody else does, check out for a second. Um, part of Lord of the Rings is that at the ends of the series, a lot of the characters are leaving Middle Earth to go to the lands beyond the Sundering Seas, Val- which is basically like Valinor, like heaven, like the idea of going to the next life, to eternity. And the song really deals with a lot of um, of those feelings of not necessarily you being sad for someone who's gone, but almost like someone who's going telling you not to be sad. And, you know, I've suffered a lot of loss in my life and I've been through some stuff. So whenever I hear that song, like it's always been a comfort to me. And I feel like it brings my mind back to this mindset of, you know, Hey, just because someone's gone doesn't mean that it's a horrible, terrible thing. You're still here. Like you can still move on and you can still do great things and you can still live a good life. So for me, I'm thinking if Vecna has a hold of me, I would want a song that's going to trigger that, that, that will in me, something that's going to, that's going to make me want to say, Hey, I know things are scary. I know other people have, you know, gone before me, but it's all right. I can relax and I can push through. So I, so that's why I picked it. Uh, and it's the song that, like I said, I, I, that, that song comes on my rotation almost every week in my commutes. So definitely up there. I'm looking forward to telling you my number one, because I don't think it's going to be too expected. Kyle, what's your number two? So my number two, here's the problem. My number two, my number one, I, 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 me and Mark talked about this. Like when um, we watched the first part of stranger things Mm -hmm. season four, I totally forgot any, any, anything you told me, but like, Mine are, I think, just too obvious, like to people who know me. But like, I just on one and a two is so hard. But like, if I had to prioritize them, my number two would be, I believe in a thing called. Love I was gonna say that <laughs> by the darkness, and I regret to this fucking day not going to see the darkness when they're at Starland Ballroom just for that song. And the only reason I didn't go is because I know that would be the last song they played, and I didn't want to sit through the whole <laughs> set because I couldn't give a single fuck about that band. But that song. Holy shit, dude. I watched that music video so many fucking times. I jam out to that song. Like I it's one of those songs where when it comes on, I'm singing. Like I cannot fucking say no. And it's such a feel-good song to me. Sure. And it's corny as fuck. And I know people hate it, but I love it. That's that's a catchy song. Like yeah. I wouldn't listen to I don't know if they have any other music. Um I'm they, sure they do make- it. They have a lot of music and I just so, don't listen to it. So yeah, so I would never probably be into anything like that. Yeah. How about you, Mark? What's your number two? So my number two, this is uh, like, um, this is like painful for me to say. Well, not painful. Like I love this band, and um, they basically got me into hardcore. This band called Down to Nothing and a song called Home Sweet Home, 
and um, only because I found out some news that made me upset. So they're this uh, past couple two uh, weeks, you know, but like they're the reason I started liking like hardcore music. I went from like metal, basically metalcore to like hardcore from finding out down to nothing in 2005, 2006, whenever it was, I started listening to them and like uh, being straight edge and they were straight edge at the, you know, and that song just, they're from Virginia, Richmond, Virginia. So the song is about Richmond, Virginia, but it's just like, a, it's basically like, I don't know. makes you feel good. You know, like I remember the first time I ever saw them and they played that, like, I was like, so happy like going wild like during it it was so much fun and they're not like a heavy hardcore band you know i'm not, i'm sure kyle have heard them before but yeah they're so, on my phone are they on your phone they used to be i don't know i don't know if it's home sweet home i, I mean a uh, splitting headache you have or save it for the birds whatever but yeah so it's always been a song i've listened to and i've always listened to that cd all the time and but this hurts gotcha <laughs> all right rob what's your number one man all right, so I'll build some anticipation on this one. So, Rawhead Rex soundtrack. Oh, dang it, Mark! I don't know. I don't know <laughs> one song on there, so I just said the soundtrack. So, Kyle and I went to middle school together, and when we became friends, there was one thing that was very, very apparent. I was definitely a nerdy, gangly kid. Like, I was not popular. I was not somebody who got into the in crowd. I got picked on a lot. Like especially even before I knew Kyle, like down in elementary school, um, I had it hard and my home life wasn't also the greatest, but there was one thing that was always reliably there Monday through Friday at 5 PM. You turn on the TV and you'd hear rock the dragon, the oh, op- Dragon Ball Z the opening of Dragon <laughs> I Ball don't Z. Even know what that is. <laughs> That song, no matter how bad of a day I'd be on, I'd be doing the cartwheels in in the house. Like I'm doing like fake Kamehamehas against the wall. Like I was going hype when that song came on. Uh, And there's been other iterations of the opening, but Dragon Ball Z was such a huge part of my childhood to this day. Even though there are objectively better animes out there, uh, it is probably my all-time favorite. It is... It made you feel strong. It made you feel like you could overcome anything. All you wanted to be was a super saiyan. You go in the bathroom, look in the mirror, and start screaming at the top of your lungs, hoping your hair turns pure blonde. It is such a big thing for me. So if all else fails and I need to beat the daylights out of Vecna, you better slap some Rock the Dragon on because I'm about to go super saiyan and get out the upside down. That's my number one. So, Kyle. All right. Now I'm going to feel real dumb saying this out loud so if everyone wants to cover their ears uh my number yeah my number one uh it's so fucking stupid that this is my number one song ever honestly thinking about it but it's ohio is for lovers by Uh, hawthorne heights i knew that but i didn't know that i thought you're gonna say rebecca black friday no um it's ohio is for lovers like that song dude when that comes on like i will hit like hey there yeah i will hit back like a couple times just like when it starts like when it gets right at the end i'll hit back i'm like i'm listening to this shit again (laughs) (laughs) like it just i don't know it just gets me so hyped and i fucking love that song even though it's so dumb and so emo and like people just got made fun of for that song you know like emo kids people just yell that shit at them like cut my wrist and black my eyes like at them you know but uh, yeah for sure but you're you're a real you're a real elder emo (laughs) yeah but i fucking love that song and then I recently found like that country version of it on TikTok, and fuck, man, that shit's good too. I think you said it to me on Instagram. Yeah, um, but yeah, 
Uh, we'll throw honorable mentions after just real quick. But uh, Mark, what's your number one? So my number one, I don't think it's be surprised that it's from Taylor Swift. It would be Taylor Swift Enchanted. That is my favorite Taylor Swift song. It, it's, uh, I don't know, I've, out of all her songs, like that, I've always loved that song. And I'm very sad. I've seen her, I think, four times or five times, four times. And she's never played that when I've seen her. It makes me very upset. But hopefully one day when she does a, if she ever tours ever again, yeah, maybe she'll play it. But yeah, I've always loved that song. Um I think that's from 2005. So that's, I think it's from 2005. I could be completely wrong when that came out, but that's like really when I started to get into Taylor Swift after, cause that's speak now, I think. So that's when I really started to get into her. I thought fearless came out in like 2007 or 2008. Oh, so maybe it's 2010. Yeah. It might've been like 2000. 9, yeah, 2010, 2000. Why did I say 2005? I don't know. So I was like, like so confused. I was like, wait, what? Wait, no, no, no. No, I'm thinking, yeah, you're right. I just Google it. So it is so that's when I really seriously like started listening to her like all the time. Like I listened to Fearless and uh Taylor Swift like stuff all the time. And then when Speak Now came out, that's when I like really started to like listen to her like all the time. And I've just always loved that song. Anyone that's got all mentions? Yeah, sure do. Uh, I'm going to throw some out there real quick. I, we don't have to talk about them. Um, Gimme Chocolate by Baby Metal. Love it. Oh, yeah. If anybody doesn't know who Baby Metal is, just look up Gimme Chocolate. You'll get you'll get everything you need to know in that song. Um, I Think We're Alone Now by Tiffany. That's another one. Well, I'll yeah. hit back a couple of times. I'm like, dude, this song's good. Yeah. Um, and uh, one of my honorable mentions was uh, Friday by Rebecca Black, oh, honestly. And oh. I, I like it in an unironic way. Like, honestly, I think it's honestly so catchy and so good. Mm-hmm. Um, even though her voice sucks, like it is a very catchy song. And I, I, there was a point where I, I would drive to work and just listen to that on repeat every Friday, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, that's my the feel good fr- song. Yeah, it for sure is. Let me do honorable mentions or you, yeah, or sure. Mark. Whoever, man. Oh, I didn't know if Mark was going my bad. No, uh, I, I didn't really think of it. And I'll think of it right now. Uh, so some of my honorable mentions would include, uh, I'll go from probably least known to most known, uh, Gact, Japanese singer, he does a song called Redemption. It was featured in Dirge of Cerberus. Uh, so it's such an awesome song. He's probably my favorite solo artist on earth. Uh, unfortunately, he's going through some stuff, so he's not really performing. It makes me sad. But other honorable mentions would be Megitsune, which is a song from Baby Metal. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know why, but that thing just hits differently. I hate to use that. Is that phrase. the one that has like a breakdown? Yeah, that's the one where it's like it just out of nowhere, just there's just gutter rolls and yeah, like they're dropping it heavy. I didn't... Dude, I w- when we saw them, I wish I was down there just so I could punch somebody in the face. Okay, it was... dude, they were like circle pitting. I was like, dude, I would just hit at least somebody once. I was expecting you to jump. We were sitting up in the uh, in the balcony, right in the front row of the balcony, looking at down at the stage, and I really thought Kyle was going to lunge off the balcony and just dive into a circle pit because yeah. I didn't expect to hit as heavy as it did live, but oh my goodness, it it was beautiful. Yeah, I. Please come back, baby metal. We need you. Yeah, I wish. Yeah, we need you. Um, also, probably going to get smoked for this one, but uh, two songs by the same artist. The Killers, Mr. Brightside, and When You Were Young. I feel like that was everywhere. We're still on the radio this day. I feel to like that day, was everywhere when we were teenagers. And mm-hmm. um, I love, I don't know if you've ever seen like the TikTok of like Prince Harry. He's given like the news interview. <laughs> he's like he's like giving a news interview in Afghanistan. It's supposed to be what happened was uh, he... They came under attack, and he cut his interview short, and we like ran away from the interview to go jump in a helicopter because uh, he was serving in the military. But somebody mm-hmm. somebody layered it, and they were like, 
when you're in the club, it's like when you're outside the club and uh, Mr. Brightside comes on and they start <laughs> playing it. And I was like, yeah, you're right. That's so good. So there's so many others I could go by. Uh, my last honorable mention will be Highway to the Danger Zone by Kenny Loggins and uh, Top Gun, one of the best films ever made. And obviously the Upside Down is certainly the Danger Zone. Mark, what are your honorable mentions, buddy? Uh, yeah, so I didn't even think about honorable mentions. Uh, off the top of my head, um, one of my favorite songs, uh, Paramore, pa- uh, Paramore um, uh, My Heart from their um, their f- uh, first city. Uh, it's from 2005. Um, Olivia Rodrigo, you know, good for you. I absolutely love that song. I listen to it literally. I listen to that CD once a week too, probably. Um, and... Um, trying to think what else i just had to in my head real quick i second that true that i love that song i love i love that song um what else did i just had on here i'm sorry you didn't have any taproot songs you know honestly dude Uh, taproot this band poison the well uh grain of salt absolutely love it ready to mosh my my heart out and then uh surprisingly um mumford and sums uh the cave it's so uh, it's so different to, from everything else, but um, I never got into that band. They do have a couple of good songs, but I always used to watch that music video like all the time on YouTube. I don't know why. I would never expect that out of you. But yeah, it's a good song. I think it was on one maybe Guitar Hero or Rock Band when I played it. Uh, I made one of their songs, so then I started like watching the music video, and then I saw that one, and I'm like, "What? Well, this song's actually better." So yeah. I wanted uh, to put a Taylor Swift song on there. I just had no idea which one. Like, yeah, it, maybe it's nice to have a friend. I love that song. Um, dun, dun, dun. It's so like small and like yeah. I don't know, just yeah, know, absolutely. Bulky, I don't know, but yeah. I besides that, like, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't know what to add. I love so much of Taylor Swift. Yes, yeah, for sure. Oh, same I here. I absolutely. Yeah I, yeah, I just can't pick one, unfortunately. Yeah. So, but Enchanted has always been my favorite song, and yeah. it always will be my favorite song. Like when her newer stuff comes out, I do have songs I like, you know. But yeah, I want to get like an Enchanted tattoo, but I just don't know what to do. Just get so. Enchanted across your forehead. Thought- Shave your eyebrows and just have Enchanted. Twice, just change his eyebrows. eyebrows. Oh my yeah. god! Mm-hmm. So good. I'll do enchanted here, and then Taylor Swift. There you go. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that wraps up our top three. Um. I know we're running pretty long, but fuck, yeah. we got shit to talk about today. So yeah. Uh, yeah. This part we'll move fast. right in. Yeah, we'll move right into the main event, though. Uh, this episode, of course, the stuff, 1985. It was released released June 14th. Released. 1985. Um, it's rated R. Has a runtime of an hour and 27 minutes. An estimated budget of 1.7 million, and it doesn't really have a grossing amount because it was a limited release mm-hmm. in New York, I believe, uh, where it was filmed. And um, I don't think it did well in terms of word of mouth. I think uh, it only came out in uh, New York and LA. They did screenings of it. I, yeah. I don't think they did anywhere. I could be completely wrong, but yeah. And unfortunately, I know in New York, like there was a hurricane when it got released. So, like, even if I. I I know Larry Cohen said stuff, but I think he was like joking about like all the good news didn't get seen because the newspapers weren't delivered during Mm -hmm. the hurricane. But like people just didn't know about it. Honestly, Mm -hmm. Um, it has a 5.9 out of 10 on IMDb on Rotten Tomatoes. It holds a 71 on the tomato meter and a 45% audience score, which is pretty different, which I I don't understand that. that, Honestly, Uh, I thought it would be flipped, but Mm -hmm. and letterbox, it's a 3.1 out of five. Directed by Larry Cohen. His name might sound familiar if you're in the horror sphere because he directed uh, It's Alive 1 through 3, Full Moon High, Perfect Strangers, uh, Return to Salem's Lot. And he wrote and 
I think maybe he only wrote Maniac Cap one through three, and he wrote Phone Booth, which I guess isn't horror. I don't know what that is. My guy Colin Fowler, man. Was, yeah, psych- yeah I, I psychological, psychological, psychological thriller. Yeah, thriller yeah. maybe. Um, I honestly not gonna lie. I always thought he directed uh, Maniac Cop. I didn't see that in his directed. It he did. He did. Right. I just yeah. clicked it. He didn't. Yeah. I always thought he did that. I I knew he wrote it, but I thought he wrote and directed Maniac Cop. Yeah. No. Um, we have. Let's go right into the characters. We have. Uh, Mo, I figured it's for his real name, Dave, maybe David, David, yeah, Mo Rutherford, um, mm-hmm. played by Michael Moriarty, who was in Q, the Wing Serpent, which was also a uh, Larry Cohen film, uh, Blood Link, The Sound of Murder, Troll, It's Alive 3, and Return to the Salem's Lot. So, him and uh, he also did Dark Tower, like the uh, TV, sh- the, I think it was a TV series. I think him and, yeah. Co- I think him and Cohen are married. Uh, the, well, they did have a very like uh, good working relationship for sure. They did kiss behind the scenes. That's yeah, that's can, yeah. Can, they, can I confirm. think that was on the uh, the uh, DVD commentary track. Yeah, on the ex- um, it's on the extended edition. We have Nicole played by Andrea Markovici, who's in the car the Concord Airport seventy nine, uh, Velvet Buzzsaw Space Hunter Adventures of the. In the Forbidden Zone. I don't think she's done like a ton of stuff. No. Um, we have Chocolate Chip Charlie, who was played by <laughs> Garrett Morris. My guy. He was in, dude, I love him. He was in the Jeffersons, Coneheads, Martin, Jamie Foxx show, yep. Ant Man, and of course, Two Broke Girls. I think that's his biggest role in terms of like uh, longevity. He plays like, because um, I think him back in the day, he played like a character on S- SNL, like make, like, back in the 80s making fun of like ant-man and stuff like that and then they put him in ant-man as that character i think right i don't know honestly i don't remember him in ant-man i so i i don't doing something similar he did in the 80s for saturday night live i know oh, that gotcha i think i might have rewatched that once or he's a cab driver and um but he he was like the ant-man on like a saturday night live schedule that's why i think they put him in ant-man to be like funny like oh you, you made fun of us back in the day gotcha and he almost didn't get casted um originally larry cohen wanted arsenio hall yeah but then too much money no apparently the um network or the uh production company whoever i guess was funding it or overseeing it was like mm-hmm. no we want somebody who's a little bit more experienced so that's why they went with uh garrett morris which would have been a totally different role if it was Arsenio okay. Hall. Um, we have Colonel Spears, who was played by Paul Sorvia, uh, Servino. Yep. I mean, he was in a lot of stuff. Yeah, he has, his he has roles. a long credit role. Yeah. His, I mean, his biggest stuff is uh, Goodfellas, The Rocketeer, Nixon, Money Talks, Dick Tracy. I mean, he's one of those like older. Roman and Juliet. Yeah. Our friend Jamie Kennedy's in that. Repo, the genetic opera. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've never even seen that. I always see it like in places, but I've never watched that. Uh, I like it. It's good. Yeah. Got Alexa Vega. The, whoa, really... whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. She's the main My star. Uh, didn't even know that. And then we have like the other, uh, I guess there's only one more like bigger actress. And that's uh, Clara Seller, who's the where's the beef lady. <laughs> Is that her? Really? Yeah. Yeah. When, where's the stuff or whatever? Yeah, that's her. Where's the stuff? <laughs> yeah. No way. <laughs> yeah. I listen. I had to do a double take myself. I was like, wait a minute, what? Yeah. That's crazy. It's the voice that did it for me. I heard the voice yeah. and I was like, oh. 
And I want to say for the time, they paid her like an absorbent amount of money. It was like $15,000 just to do that or something like she, that. She was getting bank. Yeah. Um, the original cut of this movie was a lot longer. Um, and Larry, yeah, I, I have no idea. That's what, that's what I said. Because like I'm like, first of all, this movie isn't long. Why would you not just add the scenes in? Because some of the shit just seems choppy. Mm-hmm. Uh, very much so. Or like they were like, okay, we're here. And now we're here. And I'm like, yeah, what? <laughs> There's no like smooth transitions. Um, but at the same time, I, I like that. I it gives a character. Um, but Larry Cohen, I guess, considered like the longer version dense and sophisticated. So maybe it was too complex. So he mm-hmm. dumbed it down by a lot. Because uh, this is a pretty fucking dumb movie. And someone has a tattoo of it, don't they? Yeah. I, oh, yeah. I have a tattoo from the stuff on uh, the VHS DVD cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got that free from, uh, well, when my guy Blake over at um, uh, Loudmouth Threads, he, he tattoos um, this clothing company. He, he was interning or apprenticing. apprenticing. Yeah, that's what it was. Interning. <laughs> apprenticing as a tattoo artist that, uh, and he had to um, do free tattoos. So he yeah. got, that's one of them. Uh, and apparently this is one of the movies that's playing at the Star Court Mall in season three of Stranger Things. Really? Didn't yeah, know that. Didn't know that either. I I thought Dawn of the Dead was, was on Day there. Of the Day of the Dead. Yeah. I, I didn't even realize the stuff was on there, mm. but allegedly it is. And um, yeah. So we'll jump right in. The movie starts and we see a guy walking outside in like an industrial looking area, almost like where they would like drill for like oil or something. Mm-hmm. Or, or coal or something like that. Um, yeah. uh, and it's snowing. He notices some something bubbling from the ground. So he bends over and then, of course, scoops some up and eats it. Because why the fuck not? Um, yeah, so real quick. Yeah. So obviously later in the movie, we find out they're like harvesting this stuff. Yes. At this point, are they harvesting it? Is that why he tastes it? Or this is them finding it? I think it's just him finding it. And it's just a really way weird way of them like finding it. Because yeah. I don't see... In what world, my guy Harry here, I think his name's Harry, is going to start picking up some white sus- su- substance off the ground and start putting it in his mouth. Well, I hate to break it to you, but that's exactly what it is. There's no, uh, there's no in- rhyme or reason for it. Unless um, I'm just overthinking this, obviously. Um, I mean, you're not because it is very awkward, but like at the same time, you are. But unless like this, this substance from wherever it came from gives off some like like waves or something to say like, yeah put it in my mouth you know yeah okay sorry uh he notes that it's like gooey and sweet um and he's joined by another guy who gets a taste and uh the first guy harry is that what he said his name was harry yeah uh he thinks that if enough bubbles up they could sell it to people so at this point they weren't harvesting it he just happened to stumble upon like yeah bro i think we can sell this random goo that's on the ground to people yeah but what um, a boy named Jason stirs while sleeping. Uh, he gets up closing the windows to his room and he notes that, you know, bugs are eating at him and it's so hot that he goes downstairs, gets a drink from the kitchen sink, you know, like a real fucking American, just turn on that tap and take a sip. Uh, take a look at my story the other day. I'll send it to you too. <laughs> um, and he, then he goes, how to. he goes to the fridge and opens it, seeing a container of the stuff knocked over and the spilled contents is trying to return itself into the container. It's being courteous. Yeah. His dad surprises him, scolding him for being up in the middle of the night. He tries to tell his dad about the stuff, but 
he thinks that Jason's just being weird and like sends him back to his room and then he eats some of it for himself. And doesn't his dad slap his ass too? Maybe. When he sends him up to bed? I don't know. I slap people on the ass all the time. Creepy motherfucker. (laughs) They call me the serial ass slapper. (laughs) I wouldn't put that one out there. (laughs) Charges are still pending. Uh, We get a cheesy like 80s ad for the stuff. I don't know. Maybe I'll... Maybe I'll put them like in here so you can listen. Like, yeah, I didn't know what I um was seeing when I saw that. I'm like, wait, are they like advertising the stuff during the movie? So like, when, do they have to like soil and green time? advertisement? So allegedly, what had happened was these ads that are sprinkled throughout the movie were um I think it might have been Larry Cohen's idea to like put those ads just on television. And not like advertise the movie, just put those like oh, okay, and sprinkle them in. And then when it got a certain like date close to the movie, then they would advertise it as a movie. Like, oh, that's actually a good idea. Yeah, but the production company was like, absolutely fucking not. Are you insane? Like, what the fuck are you talking about? People are gonna be like, what the fuck is this stuff? Uh, yeah, I but viral marketing, they just didn't understand it. I guess um, that would literally like that's such a good idea. I think without the internet. You know, for you to do yeah. research on your own in the '80s and early '90s and whatnot, that would that movie would blow up because of that 100. percent Yeah, because you know how people would be inclined to say, "What the fuck is this stuff?" And then they would see a movie and be like, "Oh, let's go see it." You know, yeah, that would be like a crazy good idea. Yeah. So then instead of like having it on TV, he just worked it into the movie and like random. Yeah, spots. I guess because like they, they maybe they filmed it already. Yeah. They so did. they said like, "Oh, let's not just waste it." Yeah. You know? Then on a boat, some executives for ice cream companies talk about how they could get a. Uh, I guess if they could get a hold of the stuff, they could like figure out its secrets. And then we get, you know, David Moe Rutherford, uh, charming, smooth talking, former FBI agent. Uh, he comes aboard. He's, uh, I think, a self prescribed or described uh, uh, industrial saboteur. Um, he comes aboard the boat after being hired to help them out. He reveals that he put a bug in one of the gentleman's pockets, proving his talents. Um, but before he leaves, he winds up punching one of the, uh, guys on board who calls him an asshole <laughs> I, just, I just love that and there's no repercussions for it that guy's yeah. supposed to be like security but doesn't do anything um at home jason comes down for breakfast before school but he says his stomach isn't feeling up to it his brother finishes off some cereal and then goes to eat some of the stuff uh but jason warns him against it saying that it went bad and his whole family like tries to convince him otherwise like dude it's good it's yeah, fine it's, look we're eating it look at the cult doing the cult things um, Mo meets with a scientist who tells him that he's never seen anything like this, but the stuff contains benign bacteria that reproduces itself. And the scientist chalks it up to like, I don't know, a happy accident that it was found. Yeah. Um, or I think about, like they're trying to like reverse engineer it or something too. Yeah. That's the whole point of it. Like he hired yeah. the scientist to do that. Um, uh, he says that he thought there was a government regulation that uh, requires them to reveal its contents, but another man that's in the room, uh, working with Mo says that they're protected by the FDA in some and like the same way that Coca-Cola is. So they don't have to reveal their secret formula, mm-hmm. quote unquote, uh, through statutes of identities law. Which yeah. I, I, I thought they still technically had to tell you what's in it, but I, I don't Maybe this was also the eighties. So <laughs> a lot different then. Yeah. Uh, we get to see a commercial being directed by a woman named Nicole um, for the stuff. Mo interrupts. Uh, the set to talk to Nicole. He says that he'd like to get her help with a public campaign for some petroleum company, um, being that she and her agency did so well with the stuff and advertising for it. 
she asks an assistant to look into Mo and to cancel all of her dinner plans, and then Mo kind of like asks her out. What a nice guy, dude! Charming man, smooth talker. At the local grocery store, the stuff is being purchased in high volume, and Jason is in there by himself for some reason. Stops a kid from eating it while dude, the this kid's, kid's sitting is in out the of fucking control. Yeah, yeah is that, I think uh, he's in a shop, right? Is it a shop? I don't, right? I don't know if it's a shop right or not, but he's like out of control. Like, I don't know. At first, the scene, I was like, when he walked in there, I was like, okay. And like the way he was like harassing that lady in the hallway and like the in the aisle, I was like, this is unbelievable. But when he just starts annihilating the store and then like he smashes the glass in the one door, that's nuts. Yeah, it's um, definitely got the shop right aesthetic in that story for sure, right? Definitely does. Um, uh, but then he goes around like destroying the displays of stuff throughout the store. He's finally taken down by some workers who like yell out and Jason starts yelling out warnings to them saying like, yeah. it's like, going to kill them all. I think that's de- technically like domestic terrorism now, but how did it take yeah. three grown men to down that like eight year old? Yeah. I don't understand that one. Like he like, can get him like for like, I think we're overthinking again, but, but like he's trying to smash the glass and the guy's just like, Oh, Oh, oh I'm going to get you. Don't do that. Like stop, please! And it's like obviously dubbed over later. Like th- there's a lot of over. A lot of this movie was like, like they'll be talking, be like, "Hi, my name is so and so," and then you'll hear, "Hey, stop it there, kid!" And I'm like, "That was 100 percent dubbed over later." Dude, I love the ADR in this movie. Um, Mo shows up to Mr. Vickers' house where he interviews him under the guise of being a magazine reporter. Mr. Vickers, I guess he was one of the people from the FDA who approved this stuff. But he's now um, retired, right? Yes. Um, and Mr. Vickers' dogs, like he, his dog, uh, what the fuck's the dog's name again? Uh, ben. Ben. It uh, growls a little bit as the interview goes on. Mo asking about the stuff and asking like how it's made after, um, like, because Vickers tells us tells him it's in a, a dessert, and he asks like how it's made. Um, but Vickers does say like it's just dessert, not a drug or medicine. It's just like yogurt. So it was easy, like you know, unless. Unless there's some kind of harm that it's causing, they have to, I guess, by their, I don't know, not laws, but by their regulations, mm-hmm. they have to approve it. And plus, he loves it, so he even feeds it to his dog. Um, he it's offers low to sh- calorie too. Yeah, he offers to show Mo some papers from his office upstairs. Nothing confidential. And then when Vickers heads upstairs, Mo asks the dog why Vickers is so scared of him. And tries to bring him into the kitchen, saying that'll get him a snack. But then when he opens a door, he finds like a large stock of the stuff just sitting in a room. That guy's hoarding that for fucking selling that when it's out of stock. Yeah. Oh my um, god. Then he's interrupted by Vickers, who already returned, giving him the file, and then Mo leaves. But when Mo walks out, uh, Vickers says to Ben, the dog, that uh, he's been good and that you know he has a treat for both of them. Talking about more of the stuff. Then we see Mo pull up outside of like an ice cream type parlor, but it's for the stuff. It's not ice cream. Um, mm-hmm. And it's fucking, he notes that it's 2.30 a.m. and people are still out there buying it. Like it's fucking broad daylight. Yeah. These people can't get enough of the stuff. They really can't. Mm-hmm. Back at Vicar's house, uh, Ben, the dog, attacks him, ripping the telephone wire from the wall when he tries to call for help. <laughs> and the stuff starts to like come out of the dog's mouth. And then we see Mo and Goes, he goes to the small town in Stater, well, the small town of Stater, Virginia, stopping at the gas station to fill his tank. He asks about the people in town, and the attendant tells him that there's almost no one left. 
Um, and then Mo recognizes that there's another car down the road. So he starts to walk towards it and the attendant, <laughs> the attendant's like watching him closely and then just starts mm-hmm. running. <laughs> uh, he, Mo is ambushed by a man who he recognizes as chocolate chip, Charlie, who's, I guess not the heir, but the creator of, it's almost like a famous Amos, but in a fictional world. So, yeah. So I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, wait, is this like the famous Amos guy where he lost his company and they took it from him? Yeah. It's supposed to be like a, a play on that. But I don't know. Did that happen in the 80s, the famous Amos thing? I, I have no think idea. think it did. I have they, no like, idea. They like fucking tricked him and got his company from him. He's like, oh, shit. Um, Charlie tells him that he was kicked out of his own company and he came to the town to investigate. He tells Mo that his family who kicked him from the company has disappeared, but left state of Virginia as their forwarding address. So they head over to the post office to talk to the mailman behind the counter and they see a bunch of forwarding addresses to Midland, Georgia. So from Stater to Georgia, Midland. Yeah. Georgia. So people are just forward address to a forward address to a forward address. Yep. Um, and they question why uh, the mailman has stayed. And he's like, you know what? Excuse me. After he burps a little bit, <laughs> he goes into the other room. <laughs> um, and then the duo start like planning on how they're going to fucking kidnap the guy. But then they hear a noise from behind the door. So they go to investigate. And we see shots of the stuff like leaving the man's gaping mouth and making its way out the window um, before Charlie and Mo actually break in to see what's going on. And then they find the man, his mouth still agape, a like laying on the floor. Real jacked up almost looking dead. Mm-hmm. Um, they go out the window after the stuff and they are confronted by men who surround them. And suddenly it's like nighttime. I don't fucking know. Um, they strike at the men collapsing parts of their heads, revealing that the men to be filled, filled with the stuff. And Mo holds them off just long enough for, for him and Charlie to get away on a small boat, which is hell- also, then- I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to interrupt, but like, it's also funny too, because like they stand on the shore. The boat is literally <laughs> maybe a foot off the shore, like maybe in six inch deep water. And they're just standing there with their picture. It's like, yeah, God, they got away. Oh man. I'm like, Lord. Listen, Rob, I can tell that you've never tried to chase somebody who was in a boat. Have okay? you done that before? Yeah, I have. I don't think so. I couldn't catch him because I was on land and they were in a boat. <laughs> okay. Moral, moral of the story, buy a boat. Yeah. Um, but then we see like the mailman rising back up, pushing what's left of the stuff like back into his mouth. So he's not dead. He just looked dead. Yeah. Uh, Mo and Charlie wind up at a diner. Don't know how the fuck they got off the boat and where they got off, but apparently those guys couldn't walk around a pond to get them. I don't know. Um, they're at a diner where Charlie asks for cookies and Mo asks for the stuff all loud and you know being that he's obnoxious like that yeah. uh, and he grabs the attention of some patrons but then the waitress says that they're all out and then mo comes up with a plan to split up sending chocolate chip charlie to find fbi special agent frank herbert in dc in washington dc and i forget frank herbert's a real person i believe in real life i forget I who he is um or maybe he's a character in another i don't know maybe work of fiction um, but I feel like he would go to the FBI in like Quantico, unless that's just where they in Virginia, unless it's just where they train. I don't know anything about the FBI. I was uh, in the FBI. I don't think you were. <laughs> I don't think you were. Female body inspector. Oh yeah, yeah. I've been one of those too. Yeah, I need to inspect some bodies. Need help. Uh, then he leaves uh, with a man at the diner catching a ride, and then in the back of the diner, we see the waitress like walk up to a walk-in refrigerator opens it and reveals that it's completely full of boxes of the stuff. So she was just lying. I wonder why they didn't want to give that out. 
Yeah, I don't know. Maybe because the way he said it, or maybe they yeah. they're onto him. I mean, they are onto him. So, but I don't know yeah, if this know. lady's part of the whole organization. I don't know, dude. The stuff it's like a hive mind. Is it though? I don't think so. <laughs> um, Mo now in New York City is nearly run down in the street by a van with the stuff logo all over. Yeah, it's like a stuff like it's like um one of those Red Bull trucks that you see driving around like giving out Red Bulls in yeah. like New York or like delivering Red Bull. It's exactly what it looks like, just a, a stuff one. Uh, he meets with the man, the main man in charge of marketing for the stuff. Did anybody catch his name? I just have Mo meeting with the stuff director, distrib- yeah. director or distributor. Yeah, I, he was in charge of the marketing. I know that. I called him Sergeant Stuff. Like literally, Big Sarge. I no, idea, I no idea what that guy's name was. Big Sir. Yeah. B- Big At- Stuff. After some threats, uh, the man gives Mo $25,000 as a bribe to get him off the case and stop looking into the stuff. Mo meets with Nicole, who now seems upset about her involvement in the making of this, like, or the uh, advertisement of the stuff. And I don't know why, um, but Mo she reveals to her, her. It was like her fault. She said, yeah, but My like, fault. I guess he told her all the secrets that he found out. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I guess it's so her, much. she thinks it's her fault because she was making like the commercials. Yeah. So it's like all the propaganda and stuff like that. She's like, it's all on me now. Yeah. And then Mo kind of reveals like, oh, I don't actually work for a petroleum company. I'm actually an industrial saboteur. And she's like, oh, okay. Yeah, cool. I'm still going to kiss you. even though you lied to me and I don't really know you. Um, He tells her he has no proof of any wrongdoing. And that's why they need to go. uh, He needs to go with her to like the factory where it's made. And then we see like the doctor in charge of researching the stuff for Mo shows him an article about Jason who was ruining the displays of the stuff in the supermarket. That's how famous that was, I guess. And then at home, Jason sits in his room, grounded for the actions in the store. Uh, he goes downstairs to the kitchen where he sees a bunch of food in the trash and garbage can filled with empty containers of the stuff. Um, he finds his family sitting around the television in the living room, very 80s thing to do, uh, eating the stuff, noting how uh, they're talking like they're in a commercial and his father offers him some of the stuff. He tries to convince Jason by telling him, like, we all eat stuff with microorganisms every day. We're perfectly fine. I think he even mentions like yogurt or something mm, like that. Yogurt has, well, yeah, yogurt has um, whatever it's called in it. I can't microorganisms. Microorganisms. Uh, yeah. And then Jason tries to uh, like make a run for it, but is caught by his brother who brings him back. They, Who we didn't mention is actually his real brother in real life, I believe. Yeah. His brother was actually hired first yeah. for this. And then they met Jason and they liked their eyes. That's why they, uh, uh, they hired them both. Um, Cause their eyes are like so pale, but they have dark hair. So it like stands out. Mm-hmm. Um, and they made sure to focus on their eyes a lot too, just for that fact. It adds nothing to the story, but like they just like them. I don't know. Um, they hand him a cup full of the stuff and he walks upstairs with it. His father telling him to stay in his room until he finishes the cup. But instead he goes into the bathroom, emptying the container into the toilet and flushing it down when it tries to like crawl its way back out of the water. As his family is downstairs admiring their refrigerator full of the stuff. Cause I guess that's just what you do when like you're a fucking uh, collector with all the Blu-rays or their like VHSs. <laughs> yeah. They're like, it's like the fucking meme with Christian Bale from psycho standing next to like the thing, like pointing at it. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm talking about or no? Mm-hmm. Yeah. American psycho. I'm sorry. Yeah. I know you exactly meant. what yeah. it, exactly what it is. Like they're yeah. like admiring, like, wow, look at this accomplishment. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, 
so his family's like downstairs admiring it. So they're distracted. So he fills his now empty container with shaving cream and then comes back down saying that they were right. He likes it. And he spoons some of the barber saw like into oh. his mouth to fool them. Yeah, dude. How he didn't even make a face. I don't fucking know. This reminds me of like fucking Jurassic Park when the guy puts the shaving cream that's in that can on the pie. Yeah. Wayne Knight or whatever his name is. Is mm-hmm. that actually shaving cream from Jurassic Park? Sorry to get off topic. No, that is. But... I don't. That is. But why did he do that? Like it was like whipped cream. What the Barbasol? In yeah, Jurassic Park puts it on the pie. Well, yeah. I thought it was whipped cream because the bar the Barbasol thing was actually empty because it held the samples. No, oh, I don't know. Maybe man. it was. I, d- I don't know. This is off topic. We'll have to get into that. We'll to but it's a tra- it's a tragic that. loss for the pie. Yeah. But anyways, back to the stuff. Um. Then he like runs off as his family realizes like, hey, they've been tricked. He's a he's a I couldn't, piece of I shit. couldn't really watch yeah. the scene as a whole because like every time you put, I'm sorry, they go back to it, but like every time you put it in his mouth, like. I could taste the menthol in <laughs> my mouth. Taste, like, yeah, I could just taste shaving cream like that. I was like, not good. Ugh, no, I actually texted Kyle a couple weeks ago and said, I, for the first time ever, I got shaving cream in my mouth. It was disgusting. And like <laughs> it, when his dad realizes, when his dad realizes and it goes after him, I'm like, you know what? Like, honestly, that's the same exact reaction I would have as a father. If my kid pranked me and put shaving cream on something and told me like he pranked cream. him, he put it in his own fucking but, mouth but, like, yeah. a couple times. Kids, watch this. <laughs> we should that we should bring that back. Oh, it's the stuff challenge. Sit there yeah. and keep a straight face. I'm surprised there's not something like that on its uh, uh, don't, TikTok. Don't do that at home. That I'm could cause harm to your organs. Oh yeah, you're right. That's probably a bad idea. I don't want to get sued. Yeah. No, fuck that'd be fun. They were eating Tide Pods out there for a minute. <laughs> you know what? You're right. I'm back in. Let's do this. <laughs> um so then he's picked up by Mo, who happens to be driving by where um I guess he throws up in yeah. Mo's car. But for context, I don't think we saw this. Mo was watching TV and saw like a radical kid like break, destroying the stuff on TV. So that's kind of how he knew who he was uh, it, at this point. It is insane how we that. get from Mo to the kid. Like yeah. I blinked and I was like, why is this kid in the back of Mo's car? Why is Mo here? What is yeah. happening? Yeah. yeah. So he saw on the TV, basically, there was a kid in that town going crazy saying like, don't eat the stuff. Don't eat the stuff. Don't eat the stuff. So then he found it. Then he, he said, him. we got to we got to get this fucking 12 year old kid on our team. We need everyone he'll, we can get. He'll stop the we stuff. We need to recruit him young. This the, guy can't even grow a mustache yet. Either can I, and I'm almost 33, but. Was he, this yeah, kid's, like, this kid's like the like this movie's version of John Connor. Like yeah, Judgment Day's coming for the stuff. We need to get him. Um, Mo and Jason meet Nicole at the airport where they board a private jet headed to Midland, Georgia. When they arrive, Mo and Nicole get out and they leave Jason asleep in the plane, telling the pilot like they're not back in three hours to fly him to Savannah, Georgia. I forget why, but that's where he's going to go. Um, they get into a car with Elliot Howard, the chief of public relations, and his partner, Michael Grimsby. Um, and right away, Mo asks questions about like living in Stater and like why they went to the factory and like stuff like that, or or why they moved away from Stater, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they get to the factory. That's what I meant to write. Um, but then we see back at the airport, like the mailman from Stater just shows up and the pilot pilot is attacked by him uh, and some of the stuff that comes out of him, I guess. Um, and then just as this is happening, Jason wakes up, uh, he sees this and he sees the stuff making its way through the planes and he finds like a way out. I don't know how in the back of the plane and makes a run for it. At the factory, Nicole and Mo walk through with workers, seeing all the packaging of the stuff, all the workers dressed up in all yellow jumpsuits. One tries to tell him that he shouldn't be taking photos um, 
inside because Mo's just taking photos everywhere. So then he just takes a picture of the worker. He says he's taking he's taking pictures for a commercial. He's trying to get a commercial, right? Yeah, he's uh, Nicole asks to see like the stuff um, being made, but then she's told like, "Oh, that's a secret." And she, they're not allowed to see it. But then she tries to convince that guy by saying uh, by lying and saying like, "Oh, she wanted to make a commercial using real workers from the factory." Even maybe that guy could be in it. Mm-hmm. Trying to entice him with Hollywood, you know. Give that good the Harvey Weinstein pay. There you go. And the Harvey Weinstein treatment. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> jerking off into plants or whatever he did. Uh, Jason arrives to the factory and climbs into the back of a transportation vehicle meant to transport the stuff. Uh, but while hiding, a worker like comes to the top and just closes the lid, almost like a submarine lid, and locks him mm-hmm. inside. And then Mo and Nicole go to a nearby motel for the night where a television ad plays, uh, and it's like a spoof on where's the beef, but with the stuff. And uh, while asleep, they are attacked. The stuff comes out of the pillows, mattresses that they're sleeping on. It covers the face of Mo, and Nicole decides that help fight it off. She pours some kerosene or some kind of flammable liquid just all over the stuff and Mo's face, and then I, lights it on fire. Just and she's like, and I love how she says, like, he's like, he's like, she's like, oh, don't worry, I'm gonna light it on fire. And then just starts torching him. Like that really wasn't thought through, was it? No, it wasn't. Um, but it does cause it to come off Mo, so I guess it worked. So, Which is, you know. and we are closing in on probably where a large number of the budget went. Uh, for sure. Like I guess the second half of the movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> a man comes running in to like attack them. Don't know where he came from, who he is, but he comes yeah, running he just in. Opens the door. He's like, "Ha!" I'm like, "Where were you? <laughs> who are you?" I don't understand. <laughs> Um, but then Mo like throws him off to the side and the stuff shoots out of the mattress, pulling the man up the wall and, uh, Mo throws some kerosene on the stuff and lights it, setting the stuff and the roof and, ablaze the, and the guy the ceiling. So, yeah. you know, and the guy, and this trick was literally, it was done like the way it went up the wall and the guy was slipped the wall. It was the same exact room that they used in a nightmare on Elm street. Yep. This is really Yep, mm-hmm. the same rig, everything, same exact room. They just like you know made it into a motel. That's awesome. Yeah, cool. Uh, yeah, that's the and coolest hop- thing about this movie. Yeah, <laughs> probably. <laughs> no. Um, Mo and Nicole hop into a truck and start heading back towards the factory, uh, where Jason's still inside the back of a transportation truck um, that's being like pulled in to get filled. They stop a little. F- like wilds away though and get out going by foot so the loud uh pickup truck doesn't give them away they stumble upon the springs of the stuff that's bubbling up from the ground realizing it's harvested from the ground packaged and sold and that it isn't synthesized or like made in a factory that's why they weren't allowed to see it it's literally just sucked out of the ground kind of like spring water in Mm -hmm. maine uh Mo puts on a worker's jumpsuit and tells Nicole to get the truck and then meet him on Route 5 near the parkway. Why he couldn't just tell her to stay at the truck the whole time, I don't understand, but um, that's what they went with. He goes off setting plastic explosives around the reservoir of the stuff. Uh, or maybe it's not a reservoir, because technically that's man-made, but you know what I mean. Uh, he is spotted by one of the workers who recognizes him and follows him, but then Mo like pulls him behind a truck, knocking him out and taking his hat. Cause that's, what's important. You need that yellow hat too. Mm-hmm. At the same time, the workers begin to fill up the trucks with the stuff through hoses. And one of the trucks is the one that Jason's still trapped in. Um, Mo somehow hears Jason by luck, I guess, inside the truck. 
yes, there's a lot of happenstance in this. Um, and he calls out to Jason. And then when other workers like ask what he's doing, he just like punches one, like knocks him out and then fucking hops into the truck, driving away with it, um, setting off the explosives, which covers like the lake of the stuff in rubble. Wasn't he hitting a couple guys there? Um, I know he hits the one, and then when he's climbing into the truck, he might hit another one. But like the awesome powers thing when he's like judo chop and like knocks. Dude, he out. literally, yeah, he literally judo chops him. I did notice that. Yeah, which, so like, it was a solid chop. I don't think he chopped in judo, but you know what I mean. He he gave judo him the Austin chop. chop. Yeah. Um, Jason confronts the stuff inside the truck, and we see Nicole like get attacked by the postman from Stater, uh, who's now at the truck on the side of the road. But then he's run over by Mo. In the truck and his head like explodes. I don't I don't know. He doesn't run over his head, he just hits him and his head explodes. I don't know why. Yeah, they were like, Hey, we got this prop. How do we do it? I'll just hit throw it at the truck. Mo climbs like to the top of the truck and pulls Jason free. Driving down the road, an officer pulls the trio over once they're in the truck moving again and uh, gets them out of the truck. But then Mo points out that the hose hanging out of the back is leaking the stuff all over the road and they trick him into eating some. And then <laughs> Mo like karate chops him in the neck and knocking him out. That's his move, man. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. Yeah. He gets like, good aren't you it. hungry for the stuff. I don't wonder if they like did that as like a, like a cheesy eighties thing, like making fun of it. Or if they were really like, this is a cool move. Cause we're in the eighties, you know, I don't, I don't know. Um, they drive through the night until they arrive at a castle owned by Colonel Spears. Uh, Mo meets with him and convinces him that to help by telling him that the whole country needs him uh, to save them from a mind affecting drug, quote unquote. And then right here, I think Spears like is trying to kiss Nicole, right? He's like really fucking creepy. (laughs) Yeah. He gets introduced to Nicole and he says like, he'll help them get inside uh, and then tries like, yeah, kissing her. And like, Mo's like, dude, that's my girl. Like she's taken. He's like, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an alpha male. I don't give a shit about the Jets. I just want to kiss you. He really Shout is like the, the fucking worst like alpha ever. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure like this entire film. Um, who did he remind me of? Alex Jones. <laughs> he reminds you of Alex Jones. Yeah, Alex Jones doesn't have a, like. Oh, maybe he does have a compound. I don't really know. But, but I was saying like he reminds me of like a militarized Alex Jones. Yeah, like, I guess so. Like the whole time, like even in like later scenes, the way he's acting, like if you just put Alex Jones in for Paul Sorvino, tell me that wouldn't make a lot of sense. Maybe Alex Jones like got his whole personality from this guy. Maybe. Um, a man brings the abandoned this stuff truck back to the factory, and after asking for a reward, he is shot by the man working the gate. And then the colonel and his crew like jump out, shooting the worker and storm the factory, <laughs> shooting whoever gets in the way. Uh, they got there pretty quick, considering mm-hmm. the other. People had to drive through the night, but, um, you know, forget about that. Uh, once inside, they find a group of workers dead on the floor of the factory. Uh, the, the colonel's like smashing one of their faces in with the butt of his gun. And then Nicole takes Jason to leave because he shouldn't be seeing all of this. But the stuff follows them, forcing them to make their way through like metal containers to get out of the factory. Dude, it's just so like it's just chaos. Yeah, it's, it's great. Just, like, busting through the silos. It's busting. And, through and I have to remind myself several times while watching. I was like, "This is not the U.S. military. These are just weekend warriors who are just signing <laughs> up here." Like, this is just Bubba in the backyard. Like, it's yeah. literally a militia. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like, like he, the, it's like the border patrol people in like Texas that don't work for America, but they think they are. Yeah. So these guys yeah. are literally out here murdering civilians. 
They are yeah. they are they're not they are committing murder. It is it is a good time. Yeah. And then as Mark said, the stuff begins to like explode through walls, the silos of the factory spills to the outside. And then Colonel Spears comes up with the idea to use his radio station that he owns to distribute information. This guy does stuff. a lot of things, honestly. Yeah. To the whole country. Um, so they can uh, so they take like a private plane to an airport <laughs> near that other station where they all hop into taxis. It's the weirdest scene because they, they all go they're Atlanta. like it's just like they're like up, 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 up. And they're all in like in the taxis and their barrels are sticking out the windows of the taxi and they're like ten percent tip for all the taxi drivers. And they're driving yeah. in like a taxi motorcade through like sleepy town, whatever. I think yeah. they went to Atlanta. And everybody's looking at them and I'm just like the second they park and get out of the car, you just hear everybody go, Oh my God, ah, they got guns. I'm like, y'all didn't see that with them driving down in their motorcade, all their barrels, all these guys in fatigues. I mean, they, I guess they thought it was a uh, Comic-Con. Uh, and then we like once to the destination, they pile out into the street where, like Mark said, Colonel Spears tells them to pay their taxi drivers with a 10% tip and get receipts. <laughs> You write said, that got, shit off. You got, I got receipts, dog. Um, and then they go inside where Nicole begins to write up a script to be read on air. Chocolate Chip Charlie arrives to it's the station. Yep, barges in, threatening anyone uh, who's in his way that his hands are registered as lethal weapons. And then once he's in, he says he wants to participate in the broadcast, but Colonel Spears kind of disapproves. I think he's kind of racist, if I had to guess. Yes. Yeah, he does make us uh, some select remarks. Yeah. Um, and then they trick him into allowing Charlie to talk on the air by giving him estimates about the money he can make through like advertisement just because Charlie's there. And then Nicole and Charlie go into another room where they discuss the broadcast. And when Charlie says he knows what the stuff does to people, he grabs Nicole, starts to convulse, his mouth opening wide, and the stuff begins to spew out of his body. And then just as this is happening, Jason walks in and Nicole yells out for Mo to help. Um, who breaks through the glass of the studio? It's like a soundproof glass, I guess. Yeah, no, but it, it breaks the, like sugar glass, dude. It's one of the worst effects ever. You can see he's swinging at nothing, yep. and it's early CGI glass that breaks. I don't even it, know. It dude. reminded me of the Jaws 3D scene when Jaws breaks through the glass under the water and like everybody freeze frames, but then like the glass is like, woo, it's so bad. Yeah, but I love it. Um, he breaks through the glass of the studio and then shoots at the stuff and then uses wires to like electrocute it and set it on fire, allowing them to escape into the next room where they begin to broadcast warning against the stuff, even though literally in the room next to them is fucking on fire. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they're like, anyway, what we were doing uh, um, all around the country, people are seen setting fires to piles of the stuff and destroying the storefronts of the stuff. Uh, even the factory gets blown up. And then Mo goes to the house of the main advertiser guy from earlier. Uh, and then he sees also sees the man who originally hired him for the espionage. They teamed up to create a product called The Taste, which only contains 12% of the stuff. Not enough to affect anyone physically, but still get them addicted. And then he calls Jason in, who walks in with a box, uh, which happens to be full of the stuff. Uh, Mo pulls out a gun, forcing the two men to sit there and eat containers of it. And Mo asks... Are you eating it or is it eating you? <laughs> Which is a tagline for the movie. I don't know if you know that. But mm-hmm. um, Police arrive just as the two men are finishing the last of the containers. And then we see in an alleyway, like a black market drug deal type thing uh, situation where someone's buying like a box of the stuff, uh, even fingering it, some of it like into his mouth. 
and it's the good shit. <laughs> and that's the stuff. Enough is enough. Enough so, uh, is enough. Mark, I want to hear what you, your thoughts are on the stuff. Yeah, so uh, I've never seen this movie before. I um, Really? Yeah, I thought you did. No, I've never really had a desire to see this movie. I understand. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so going into this, um, I kind of had an idea what it was. Um, I'll tell you this. I really was not a fan of this. I think it's um, if you're going to watch a movie like this, I think you should watch The Blob mm. from uh, 1988, which we just did a couple of we- uh, weeks ago. Yeah, this movie is, uh, I don't know, kind of, I don't know, it feels like it's a mess to me, you know, but it is the 80s, so there's a lot, you can just like, uh, there's a lot of movies like that, and, you know, I, I don't know, it, it it didn't do anything for me, honestly, I like, I didn't really enjoy it, um, this will definitely be one of those movies where I probably don't watch ever again, I um, I don't see the appeal to it, but that's just me. I understand. So yeah, um, I don't know. I don't really have much to say about it, honestly. That uh, it's if you want to be negative, say say negative well, shit. Well, I it. don't want to say this movie fucking sucks. Whoever likes it's a pussy. Whoever got a tattoo of it sucks. Mm-hmm. Probably you true know? though. Yeah, no. So yeah, I would I would uh, rate this one out of five. I didn't really enjoy this movie at all. Um, I don't really. I don't know if it's this category of movies. I don't really like per se like i do like one here one there you know i do enjoy the i did enjoy the blob and um so this isn't my wheelhouse of movies i would go to watch i understand it's a silly 80s like horror comedy movie but there's no real horror aspects of it to me personally i don't think any of it is in the slight bit scary i don't know if it's not supposed to be scary if it's just supposed to be a comedy i don't know it's a horror comedy yeah yeah so like that said, it's a one out of five for me. I wouldn't recommend this to most horror fans, but I'm sure there's some people out there that do like this kind of horror per se, but mm-hmm. not for me. I don't really have a favorite like kill or least favorite kill. I didn't really even think about that because I didn't know if like the workers were dead or not because or not the workers, but like when people like the post office guy just randomly got up and started like living again. I'm like, I get you. Yeah. So one out of five. It is what it is, you know. I, I don't recommend it, but Rob. All right. Well, um, coming off that one, I'm there's a lot of things that you had said that I actually agree with. Um, I don't know where this movie's budget went. I'm pretty sure it went into that just that scene in the motel room. I think it went into someone's pocket. Um there are some see, okay effects here and there. Um, but there are some egregious ones that just made me almost sick to my stomach to look at. Uh, one of them in particular was the horrible green screen of the kid inside the truck. <laughs> like that was bad on even an indie film level. Yeah, in that yeah, era. yeah. that was bad. Um, That's a Larry Cohen film, my guy. Uh, I. <sighs> I look at this film and the whole, you know, you sit back, you look at the premise and it's everything that I want to like and none of the execution. So for me, this is going to be a first on the vintage horror podcast. I would rate this film a zero out of five. Absolutely would not rewatch. 
You say zero out of five? Zero out of five. I didn't know we can go that low. Un- yeah, I didn't know either. Unwatchable. I got to rewrite <laughs> Hellraiser. And I had to watch it twice. It is an unwatchable film for me. I mean, if we're going to stick to a one, one five scale, I'll do a one. But in my heart, it's a zero. Uh, I could not. You could not pay me enough money to sit back and watch it again. Um, for a horror comedy, it's gotten too little horror. And I'm not sure what kind of execution for comedy they thought they were going for honestly the only funny thing in this whole in this entire film was i'm pretty sure uh at least just from my own guess is that michael moriarty didn't have a script and just made up the whole movie i want to say some of a lot of his stuff was like improvised i mean i don't think all of it i think he had a general like idea of like hey this is where you're supposed to go with it but like i don't i think a lot of it was just like him and i love i love michael moriarty don't get me wrong like i think he's fantastic but i just feel like particularly in this he had no idea what he was doing and just rolled with it like the scene with him and paul sorvino where he's like talking to him about the communist he's just like inside you inside you i'm like did he forget his line and he's just (laughs) he's just whispering at this point they're like what is this good let's keep it um i don't know i just I'm so mad I had to watch this twice, but you know what? Um, I'm just sad because and I think it makes it even worse that we just watched the blob recently where this type of film with this type of creature was executed so beautifully and still had a ton of 80 cheese in it, 80s cheese in it and was a good one to watch. So um, yeah, hard pass on this one. Can't really recommend to anybody. Uh, favorite kills. Probably the guy in the motel room. Yeah, that's it. That's like my favorite. Least favorite kills, the rest of them. I think. Maybe, oh, least favorite kill is uh, what's his face? Uh, cookie guy. Char- uh, Chuck, Chuck uh, Charlie? Yeah. yeah, because like I feel like there was a, there was a good lead up and then no payoff. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this could be like exploding head, like wild, and they're like, no, nah, cut off. And I'm like, okay, well. You had a chance there, bub. So, uh, Kyle, I'm sure it's what, like a four out of five? Well, let me just say, I mean, obviously, I like this movie. I have a tattoo of it. Um, Mm -hmm. The reason I have the tattoo of it is I love that cover. Mm -hmm. And, like, when I saw that Blake was, like, had that on a flash sheet, I said, fuck. Like, I need that tattoo. As soon as I saw it, I messaged him. I said, yo, I need that tattooed on me. (laughs) I had to, like, bother him multiple times to say, are you tattooing? Because I need that on me. So, um, and since then, I don't think he's tattooed it since. But um, this is a 4.5 out of 5 for me. What? I fucking love this movie. See, the thing is, I feel like you guys are just missing the point. Honestly, I think. What you, is the point of it, though? I think that you guys are looking at it. Here, let me just. I'll just give my review. And okay. you'll see. Okay. okay. To me, this is a very easy movie to watch. I understand there's fucking horrible transitions. But like. I love it. Like the blatant commentary on consumerism and America's eating habits. Like they're at the forefront. Um, but it, it's not, it doesn't overshadow like the humor and quote unquote horror aspects of the film. Um, the atrocious acting. Yes, it's atrocious. I understand it's fucking atrocious. It's not good. It's a um, fire. And it's got decent effects for a B movie. Um, that's where a lot of the money went. I understand what you're fucking going to say. I've seen Nickelodeon say. effects on all that that were better than this. Yes, but I don't this think was this also, is a B movie. This, this is, is a D movie. This is also 1985. Okay, it, that's where the money went. Green screen for the stuff they did. Stop motion. 
they did um not just stop motion they did uh i don't they did like a lot of stuff that blob did but like it's not supposed to be the blob you know like this um and i think that's where people get fucked up they see a blob moving and they're like oh they're supposed to be the blob but it's not um i love that the taglines for the movie are in the movie like i in the like dialogue i love it the commercials that we see that that are made to like sell the stuff those cheesy fucking movies great i love all of it um and the characters, honestly, they're kind of lovable. At least Mo is. Um, and Chocolate Chip Charlie. I like him. And he, fuck it, even Colonel fucking Spears. He's a fucking weird guy. Jason's kind of, and Nicole kind of sucks. But um, <laughs> I'd say it's almost a mix of like the thing and the blob. See, it looks like the blob, but it's more like an alien like the thing where mm-hmm. it ins- not inseminates because that's like getting someone pregnant. It what am I? It, no, it assimilates. assimilates. That's, yeah. that's what I'm looking for. Um and yeah, I just love this movie so much that I had to get a tattoo of it. Honestly, <laughs> fucking, I didn't know I needed a tattoo of it until I saw it on a flash sheet, and I said, "Okay, no, that's speaking to me." Um, are you, so are you gonna get another tattoo of it now that you've watched it. Give it a four point five. If I found something good, and um, it was released, I think it got a second like coming or a second uh, outing because of Arrow, who put out a Blu-ray of it um, a few years ago. I know are you there's on DVD. It? Yes, I know there's DVD release. Yeah, of course I do, dude. The fucking cover is sick, and they do that that thing where you can reverse the art, mm-hmm. um, and the like new artwork that they had drawn up for it is amazing. It looks fucking great. Um, I think it looks makes the movie look better than it is, and I think that's what fucks people up. People so go that's into the this. problem. So like that pit, the tattoo you have. Yeah, I've always seen that. Yeah, that doesn't happen in the movie. So what? So that fucks me up. Like I'm thinking I'm going to get someone like face melting, you know, horror. Yeah. It's not that you, you need to see uh, what the fuck is that fucking movie? Uh, that fucking awful movie that I hate. Uh, Blair Witch Project. No. Hellraiser. No. It, fuck. I forget. I thought it was a trauma film, but it's not. Um, I don't know. It, Powder. No. Anyway. Um yeah, my favorite kill would definitely be Chocolate Chip Charlie. I know you don't like it, Rob, but guess what? That's some of the best effects right there. And I, dude, like the many casts of the head and like how they're cut together to show the stuff like coming up from his throat is such a memorable like image in my head. Like if anyone, if you ask anyone like who likes this movie about this movie, they will, I guarantee you, be like, what's your favorite part? They'll say Chocolate Chip Charlie when he, the shit comes out of him. 100%. My least favorite kills is anyone who was shot and then just f- fell over. That shit was corny, but um, I love this movie. I, I don't. I it's. I don't care what people say about it. It's four point five out of five, and that's it. We all like what we like, you know. Exactly. We can't help exactly. It. That's why I don't take offense to it. I know. I know it's. But the way I, you're I, acting about your review right now is like you're trying to sell us to like it more. I am. He's, but he's, no, he's, seriously, he's you're making a stuff commercial. You yeah. literally are consumed by the it. stuff, and um, you. You're trying to make us like, you know what? It's not too bad. Just and like what you stop. said about <laughs> about chocolate chip Charlie's like head explosion thing. The whole movie being terrible overshadows that, I think, to me. Yeah. It takes away for me personally. That's why I didn't have like a favorite or least favorite kill because of how much I wasn't interested or like didn't like this movie. Yeah. I, I can understand. That's so. why when they say like they had a longer cut and it was too sophisticated, I'm like, dude, any like I agree. Objectively, it's not a great film, but like they could if they added just that. if they added just anything else in there how like how could it possibly make this any worse like i don't think it would take away from the movie i'll tell you that it's so bad it's good to me that's mm-hmm. what it is um but that's it for the stuff um 
I'd like to hear other people's opinions on it. Honestly, I want to hear like because yeah, I don't want to put up a I'm poll. And, well, yeah, if you exactly. watch this, just DM us on Instagram and talk to Kyle about it. Yeah, or like leave us a review or yeah dm us you can email us i don't give a shit dude um but the next pick goes to mark coming soon to a theater near you yeah so i um we've had a lot of time since we last recorded so i've gone back and forth with movies nonstop and I got to one the other day that I was actually going to start watching. And I said, you know what? I don't want to. I, I need Kyle and Rob's opinion on this because we're in the same realm. Oh, I no. should say. So from 2019, we're going to watch Straight Edge Kegger. Hey! Yeah? Don't play Booze Hound. What? If you play that song, I'll kill you. All right, man. Yeah. All right. Next one goes out to someone special. You know who you are. No, thanks. I don't drink. I gotta know. What made you uh, break edge? When James and I started in on this whole straight edge thing, it was just as a means to get rid of all the bad shit it shows. No skinheads, no fascists, no drug dealers, no drugs. So what changed? The list of rules grew. I hate these college kids. Now it just feels like an exclusive club for bullies. That sucks. Yeah. And Brad. My name's maybe. to fight him if you go down there they'll kill you I guess you never got it. Let's do it. I've never heard of this. Yes. Ooh, I'm so excited. Gonna, it's on, it's on shutter. So I was going to put it on the other day and I, I went, I put, clicked it. And I said, you know what? I said, we need to talk about this. Damn. So, I'm actually really excited for that. So I've been putting it off for, I think it came out in 2019. Don't quote me, but I've been putting it off for like four years, three years, whatever it is to watch this movie. And um, 
the only reason I know anything about it because it had the name it had Straight Edge in it. So. Yeah. So and Straight Edge Kegger. It's by fuck uh, Scream Team releasing mm-hmm. or something like that. I forget. Maybe. Um, but uh, I just read the synopsis for this. I didn't even know the synopsis. And, I'm like, I watched the trailer like four years ago. Oh God, help us! Yeah, so, I uh, I bought this on Blu-ray. I've still not haven't watched it though. Um, so I I'm very excited that I can finally crack that open and yeah. watch it. All I right. thought about I was gonna I wanted to pick Halloween Kills, but then when we started talking about it, I said we should probably just do Halloween and Halloween Kills like in September, do it together, you know? Yeah, because I'm assuming all three of us are going to see Halloween ends together um, when that comes out in October if we have time. I plan on I it. I know. I know. Rob's getting married around like a week before that. And I don't know how crazy you're going to be. We, you know? we we plan on on being there for the first release, so it'll be a, it'll be a watch party for all of us. I'm sure. You know, we all we watch the other two together, so we might as well finish it. Finish strong. finish together. Oh boy, that yeah. sounds a little weird. All right. All right. Well, if you'd like to reach out to us, you could always uh, email us at vintagehorrorpod at gmail Our we're most active on Instagram at vintage horror podcast we do have a twitter at vintage horror underscore we almost never use it but trust me if you wanted to tweet to us we are there um you can we would really appreciate it this is what we like ideally would like is for people to leave us voice messages at um or money on anchor.fm slash vintage horror podcast if that's too hard to fucking remember or type in go to our instagram it's right in the bio just click the link it'll take you to our anchor.fm page which is our rss feed i don't want to explain all these things because it gets confusing but um you click like message that's right there at the top and like you can leave a a voice message you can say whatever you want honestly anything at all um we would also really encourage people to um who listen on apple Podcasts and spotify to leave us a rate and on apple podcast review that would be great um we'll read them at the end of our episodes if we get any new ones i didn't even check to see if we have new ones right now so there could be one there but um there hasn't been in a while so very disappointing um, but we, you know, we have stickers we can send you if that's what you want. Um, we'll give you a shout out. I don't give a shit. Um, but yeah, that's it for us. Strange Kegger. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Peace. Well, I'm on Dinty Chart back yet.